Production. Recorded live. Hey, everybody. Today's uh, February 4th, 2015. Uh, Wednesday night, we have these calls every Wednesday. This is Word Nerds. And we start either at 7 or 8 p.m. Eastern time, depending on uh, what my schedule is like. Try to keep it one or the other. Uh, we talk about the principles of law, common law, and uh, this is where we come. This is where we get together to uh, express our opinions and our beliefs in what is and is not. And those uh, beliefs change rather, uh, rather often as we as we learn more and we learn from each other. So uh, join us here on Wednesday nights uh, and, and see what's going on. You can hang out with us and. Uh, Where'd Ron go? Oh, he's still here. All right. Oh, the oh, oh, there's an echo oh, there. There's an echo there. Yeah, Mr. Silver. Yeah. How you doing, guys? What's that? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. That's much better. How are you? Yep, everything's good over here. Very, Very cold. Good. Very cold. It's pretty oh, late at night. Okay. It's uh it it's about three two two Celsius. That's three quite cold. cold for us. Okay. Yeah, we, we've got uh, we uh, we go Fahrenheit over here, and I believe it's oh wow, it's about the same. We've got 31 degrees over here, Fahrenheit. Okay. So about the same temperature. I, okay. I'm starting an hour early tonight, so there's not too many. There's only uh, about 15 people on. But uh, if you, there's only four of us on the on the phone. So if you guys got something you want to talk about, chime right in. Hey, should I start off? Yeah, go ahead. Okie dokie. Basically, my son is 16 years old, and and uh, he got in a bit of a alteration with a, a drunk man. This drunk, this drunk man fell over and and uh, he occurred injuries on the back of his head. So what he did, he claimed, he put a claim, stating that my uh, claiming that my son had uh, without intent. Basically, they're charging my son with GBH without intent. Charging so, him with what? With grievous body bodily harm, without intent. So basically, okay. he basically pushed the guy away, and the guy fell on the floor and hit his head. Nevertheless, the guy never turned up to court. So instead of them dismissing it or discharging it, whichever, we came back the next day, and it was Regina versus my son. So basically, oh, Regina, 
The Crown. Yeah, yeah. I uh this sounds familiar. You got a hold of me on Skype and said that, right? Pardon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically so what... I I told uh, I asked my son's lawyer if uh once we go in court for her to uh tell tell the magistrates that we're going to be expecting Regina to come forth with the claim. And uh, yep. the the lawyer went a bit crazy, so uh, basically we sat there, we, we 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 let her go, and I went in the court in the magistrates, and uh, I, I just messed up, and I and I told them that I'm representing my son, which that was wrong anyway. But the the case was adjourned, and the, they're expecting us to turn up with a lawyer. But what I'm going to turn up to court and asking them, telling them that I am the the owner of this property who happens to be my son, who is 16 years of age. He, he understands nothing. He's an idiot. And I'm here to seek the person claiming, which they're, they're burdening my son with, or something in the... Uh, and basically, we're here to give remedy, basically. And basically, I'm going to ignore Regina unless they come forth with the claim in person. Okay. When's your, uh, when's your next court hearing? 27th of February, this month. All right. So between now and then, uh, yeah, your, your son's 16 years old. How is he a really big kid? No. Well, he's he's uh, he's, he's he look well. He if you see him, he looks sixteen, but he's about he's about five foot uh, ten. He's, he's not really he's wow. average. Okay. He's average for a sixteen year old. Yeah. Well, either kid. way, he's, he's sixteen. It'd be uh, if he looked like he was only twelve, it'd be a little bit easier, but. Uh, if he's five foot ten, it's going to be, uh, it, it, you know, it'll look a little bit different. But either way, uh, he's definitely he definitely falls under your domestic authority, and you have the right to speak on his. My question, my 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 core question would be. Would I would I turn up in court with the? Uh, shall I file anything before I go into court? Shall I uh, take something written? Shall I give it to them before the date? Telling them that I'm gonna that I'm coming with my son because they they tried to push me out of court. They wouldn't accept me. Hello. Hello, can you hear me?
Hey, sorry about that. I got dropped from the call. I'm going to put my phone in a different location. Uh, so this this uh, this boy is 16 years old and uh, under your domestic authority, and you can go into court and simply ask, uh, you know, who who claims a harm, an injury, a loss? Where's the man making a claim? And uh, you can require common law, but you got to do all this in writing. You can't be saying it. You can't speak in their court. You have to do everything in writing. So he's going to, you know, when, when you get into the court, the judge is going to ask you, who are you? Is is this kid here? Is, you know, is this man uh, here? And, and he's going to ask for his name. And you're going to have in writing, come in, you're going to have in writing the stuff that you need to put into the court as answers to those questions. Doc, when you, Doc. Yep. Doc. I'm sorry, mate. I got cut off and I just rejoined again. So I've probably okay. missed a minute or two of what you were saying. All right. Your 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 son, even though he's 16 and 5 foot 10, he's still under your domestic authority. And uh, you're going to be... Um, yeah, that's all right. That's fine, man. Don't worry about it. So... Uh, when you get into court, the important thing is that you don't speak in court, okay? You cannot enter into their jurisdiction. You have to be there as a man, and uh, only a person can speak in their court. If you speak, they're going to assume you're a man. Hold on, I'm going to readjust my headset. So uh, you have to anticipate what kind of questions they're going to ask you, and you have to answer those questions in writing. And uh, when you try to hand paper in, they're not going to want to uh, to accept the paper. They're... No, sir? Yeah. No, I'm, uh, Ed's over here. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's distracting me. He just got home from work. Um, the uh, You cannot speak in their court. So you have to anticipate the questions they're going to ask. You have to uh, hand in paper that has your answers, and when they, if they refuse to accept it, uh, you can speak to the court staff, you can speak to the bailiff, you can speak to the court clerk, but you do not speak to the judge or to the prosecutor. They do not exist in your world. They, they exist only in the fiction. They only exist in the statutory side of the court. And your notices need to reflect that you are a man, you're in common law, and you require the court to move over to the common law side of the court so that you can address these issues as a man. And if they're not willing to go there, then you just continue to answer in writing so that your answers will be on the record because uh, the number one thing they do is they change the uh, the record to... Hold on a second. What's that? Oh, yeah? Ed says that... Uh, is that an hour? At the one hour mark on talks through 139, Carl says exactly what I'm saying uh, right now. So if you want to hear more of that, but you got to you got to do it all in writing. All right. If you if you express yourself by voice, then you are in their court, and only a person has a voice in their court. You have to make the record. You have to press the record with pen and paper. 
You cannot afford to be speaking in their court. Once you move over to the common law side of the court, and you know that involves things like uh, like when you enter, if you have to speak to the judge, uh, you know you can say to him uh, and, and avoid this at all costs. But if you have to, you, you know one of the things you can say is, Your Honor, when I address you man to man, I see your name is Jim, you know Hallsworth. Uh, would you, do you want me to per, you know, refer to you as Mr. Hallsworth or as Jim or is your honor okay? Uh, what do you prefer? And he'll tell you. He'll tell you what he prefers, and that's how you address him when you speak man-to-man. And so once he tells you that, you say, okay, on and for the record, I am addressing uh, the man, and I'm going to address the man as uh, as your honor because that's how you wish to be addressed. You know, my, my name is Gus. And um, my mom called me by another name, but I prefer to be called Gus, and I wish for you to address me as Gus. And but, but, but basically, I've got to use words that isn't in their dictionary. There's a lot to learn. And, you know, the most important thing is to get the hell out of their court. And the, yeah. the, you know, the, the best way to do that is to move the, move the case into common law where they can't speak. An attorney cannot speak in common law because he's got no first-hand knowledge of anything. I totally, I totally understand, Gus. So what would I do? I, I would go something simple like uh, I require a, a, a court of record for everything to be out in, out, out in the open to be pressed on record or write something like that on a slip of paper and give it to the judge. Yeah, listen to the Listen to all those. Listen to all the recordings that Carl has, especially those short clips on YouTube that Craig Lynch uh, separated I've, out. I've, I've believe me, I've listened to everything and over and over again. But okay. the, the, the thing is, I don't make notes. I I listen to it and I listen to it, and 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 I've understood that. Sh- should I do go along the lines of uh, putting something short on paper saying uh, I require a court of record? I require for everything to be pressed against the record, full stop. Well, what what is it that you see as the most important information for the court to to receive? You know, what what do you believe is the most important thing for them to acknowledge once you start making the record? Yeah, that harm, you know, the harm has been felt that someone's been is doing. And you know, where is that person that's doing this harm? That that that's putting the claim forward. That well, that's doing the harm in in the case of putting a burden upon my son, and which is upon myself as well. So you know, I wanna you know, where, where's the person so we could quickly remedy this because it's it's okay, too you those, know too much. Those of are a burden. all those are all secondary things. Okay, the the number one thing is for the court to realize that you're a man. You're not there as a person. You're not willing to take on the defendant of title. You don't, the, the title of defendant. You're not, uh, you don't understand the legalese society. You don't understand the, the language of, uh, of uh, legal documents. I'm an idiot. You don't understand the customs of the legal society. So the, the number one thing is for the, is for the court to understand that you are a private man, not within their society, that you're only willing to be in court at common law and nothing else. 
So that's that's the that's your target. Your 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 first target is to make sure they understand that you don't understand code. You have no idea what that code means. And uh, here in America, we've got involuntary servitude, uh, the 13th Amendment. So you know you guys have the same principles of law. They're just found in, in other places. There's uh, no one can make you go to work and not pay you. So you know if you require for me to understand code, then I require compensation for the learning of the code. Uh, you know they say ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well. The, the law is not the code. It's not the statutes. It's not the ordinances. It's not these things that change 80,000 times a year. The law is what's written on your heart. It's your conscience. And, and you know, ignorance of your conscience is no excuse. But the, that's not the law. The law, uh, the way they speak of the law, is nothing but a, a man's opinion. And that man's opinion can change on a, on a daily basis. The, the legislature's uh, change the law all the time, and you're not uh, you're you're a man, and there is no requirement for you to understand legalese or the codes or to to have any uh, understanding of any of this stuff without being compensated for all the time that it would take to understand this stuff. So you're a private man. You don't understand dentistry, brain surgery. You don't understand any of this stuff, and they cannot hold you liable to something you don't understand. How am, I, how am I going to get them to accept this? Uh, if you hand them, if the judge asks you a question and he says, "What's your name?" Uh, you you look at the court clerk and you say, "Here's my answer to that man's question." For the record, and then if they won't take it, you can stand there for the next 25 hours holding that piece of paper in the air. This is my answer. Well, why don't you just read it into the record? Why don't you just take the fucking piece of paper? Okay, this is this you know this is my answer, and I want it on the record. I require this piece of paper, my answer, to be on the record. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want you. I want you to read it. I'm not reading it. You know, this court can't hear me. I'm mute. Tell the judge that I'm not going to speak in his court. I require my my words to be entered on the record would, to be pressed on the record. Would I be in in his court or am I at his court telling, me, telling this? You are at his court until you speak. The minute you speak with a logical... If he says... Uh, you know, if, it, if I speak it, in his language, basically, if I, if I say anything that's in their dictionary and it's legalese, then, then I'm buying by their jurisdiction automatically. Yeah, I'll give you a good example. I was hoping Dave would be on here. He might not know that I was starting early tonight. Uh, but Dave, Dave's a, a meat cutter. He, you know, he's a butcher. So <laughs> Dave was explaining to me today that he says, uh, he says, uh, cutting meat is, is. Uh, oh man, I should really let him explain it. He says cutting meat is a lot like like sex. He says you can you can read about it, you can watch videos about it, you can, you know, flip through guides on how to do it, but until you get practical experience, it does it doesn't make any sense. You know, it won't really work for you. And he was explaining, you know, he says there's you know, you can look at Penthouse, you can look at um, Playboy, you can watch videos, but you're not gonna you know, until you're actually there doing it, you're not gonna understand. And as he was explaining this to me, 
I, I had to hold back from laughing because he went to court today and he got sucked right into their jurisdiction by by communicating logically with them. And uh, so I used his example to explain to him how he got sucked into the court. I said, now you're telling me about Playboy, Penthouse, and movies about sex. I said, now, if I if I don't say anything, then I am, then it's okay for you to presume that I understand what you're talking about. And when the court speaks to you, uh, if you don't, if you if you just go with the flow, then they are presuming that you are in their jurisdiction in the same manner that Dave presumed that I had a you know a clue as to what he was talking about. So it works the same way. These guys speak to you, and the minute you communicate with them, the presumption is made that you understand legalese, that you are willing to be, uh, that you consent to their jurisdiction. Okay. Because there's a lot of them in England that are, as soon as they go in court, they're asking for the judges or the magistrates oath and the blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, don't, that didn't, I, I didn't really like that approach. This approach is, much, is more comfortable, I think. Well, if you anticipate, if you go to court, you know, for the next two weeks, you know, whenever you get a chance, go into court and see what happens. And that you'll see that they always start with the same three or four questions. Have your answers prepared. And if the judge, if the judge says, uh, would you like a cup of coffee? Okay, if you answer yes, I'd like that with cream and sugar, then then you're in jurisdiction. You understood the question. Yeah. If he's speaking Chinese and you're you don't understand Chinese, then what are you doing answering the question? If he says, would you like a cup of coffee? You can your answer should be no. I don't play basketball. Well, why do you understand the man's questions? Okay, why are you speaking to him in the first place? Yeah. If you don't, if you don't understand the language of the, you know, the language of, of legal documents, codes, and statutes, and the customs of the legal society, why are you, why are you communicating as if you do? Why are you playing their game? It's like being on a basketball court shooting hoops, and, and somebody comes over and says, "Hey, you shoot well," and you say, "Yeah, not me, man. I don't, I don't play basketball." Well, what are you doing here on the court then? Yeah, you, know, you, you can't you can't say you don't understand this stuff and then have a conversation about it. What's the first couple of answers? Are, are the did they usually ask? Well, the first question is, is uh, are are you Y O U? All right, and, and if you look at the word "you," if you do the etymology on it, you'll see that "you" is an is an accusative plural. So, it's uh, it's what they use to attach "you," the man, to "you," the person, because on paper you're the person, and as a uh, as a man, you're you're walking in, and they want to attach "you" to the person to make you responsible for what the person is being charged with. Yeah. So when they say, "Are you Gus Breton?" If I say, "Yeah, I'm Gus Breton," then uh, you know, I'm in. I, I've answered intelligently to a question that sucked me right into their jurisdiction. So you know, you answer in writing. You know, I I am the man. I am a man, uh, Gus Breton. You know, known to my family as Gus Breton. You can call me Bob. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But, uh, 
I, 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 I think I'd stick to uh, Iron Man Petros. You know, one of you know, Dave did this. He went and got. Um, he went and saw his doctor, his physician, his primary care doctor, and and told him, "I need a doctor's note that says I'm a man." And the doctor <laughs> said, "He says, what, what for?" He says, "I can't tell you. I just need something that says I'm a man." And he says, is there some, you know, are you being accused of being you know, like a transsexual or something? <laughs> and uh, he says, no, I, I just need something that says I'm a man. And so uh, when Dave goes to trial in May, he's going to put in a notice to the court that he's a man. You know, and he's got a doctor's note that says he's a man. You know, is he put... my opinion. I am a man. Is, is that going to be an exhibit A? Exhibit A, absolutely. I'm an idiot to the legal society. I don't understand the customs of the customs of the legal society, legalese, documents, all that stuff. I am a man. I, I, I am a private man, and I require common law. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, sorry. I didn't know if I was unmuted or not. My name yep. is John Hall. Is this hey, guy I'm in the UK? Yeah, yeah I mean, whereabouts in the UK is he? I'm in uh, London. All right. I'll tell you what's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> They're going to try and defer it to a child court. Because children between the ages of 16 and 18 will de be deferred from a magistrate's court to a child court. Uh, sorry, I was mistaken. It, 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 this is already in the, in the youth court, sorry. Oh, it's in a youth court. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay, I'm with you. Sorry. Well, then what Gus told you is correct, yeah. What you've got to do now is you've got to enter some paperwork. Should I enter the paperwork before or as I enter the building? No, or... best to get it in before you actually attend the hearing. To tell them well, the... it's, not a, it's not a court anyway. It's an administrative I... hearing. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a hearing officer. They claim it's a court, but it's not. <laughs> so what? So I, I it's a youth that. court. Their so powers are limited. What? So I'm going to put down in writing, in some lettering, telling them that I'm a man that's coming on this date. It's going to yeah, be you a... say that the, your son, you know, isn't competent. You, know, you don't use that exact word, but you say... He needs he, your protection, he, effectively. He's an idiot. He doesn't understand. He's an idiot, yeah, basically. You're a man, as Gus has told you. He's my property. But he's yes, my basically, yeah. He's one and six years of age. He's my property. He's been burdened. And, and we're here to give remedy. But what are you saying? He's been charged by the police. Is that what you're saying? As Gus saying, that's the second stage. But the first stage, yeah, I can understand what you're saying. I'll put my paperwork in in such a one... Well, he effectively, he's being arraigned, isn't he? As he's been charged, hasn't he? He's been charged, but the guy that claimed that he did, he, he did him wrong didn't even turn up. And what's he been charged with? GBH? Um, um, uh, uh, without intent. Without he, intent? Yeah, GBH without yeah, well, that's, uh that's uh, a lesser charge. Oh, uh, yeah. But I'll tell you what they're going to do. I know what they're going to do. 
But they'll want to rein you into the normal, you know, person thing. Yeah. And then they'll want you to accept a lesser charge. But I wouldn't do that personally. I would do what Gus has just told you. <coughs> because, as you rightly pointed out, Regina is never going to appear. <laughs> it's basically the CPS. They've taken over the case. Okay. Because it's GBH. The police can't deal with it. It's a more serious matter. If the police were involved in the first half. Yeah, they would be to do the charge. But they prosecute lesser offences themselves. Yeah. But when there's something like GBH, it will be passed to the CPS to deal with, which is the Crown Prosecution Service, as you know. So where, where do I give papers in that court? Is it their reception? Is it the? What are you? Where are you got to go? The magistrates' court. I've got to go to the youth court. Well, then you want to see the clerk of the court. The clerk of the court. And you want your paperwork filed into the case. Would I find it through the clerk, or do I have to go be the reception or somewhere before the No, clerk? you want to see the clerk. They won't know what you're talking about. You start talking about common law, their eyes will be rolling around. Is the clerk meant to stamp it? Are they the ones meant to accept Yeah, there's got to be time stamped. Yeah. You've got to word it correctly. I don't know the circumstances of the case, so, you know, are there any witnesses or...? No. Uh, there's no witnesses, and the guy doesn't turn up, is that what you're saying? Who, 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 there's like, yeah, the one person never turned up, they have no witnesses. What, the, the, the offending party didn't turn up? No. Well, there's no case, is there? Exactly, this is, this is what's cheesed me off. They're just, it's all based on intimidation. Well, I was thinking of just going through the road of once they've accepted me as whoever, or is if I just walked into the court with the, how the hell are the one of What they do is, you know, in this country... By asking them to, to uh, bring me to the stand. What they want you to do is, or what they want your son to do, is to admit to the offence as the person. That's what they want him to do. Yeah, just like the revenue services... It, well, he's, but he's, don't, he's... You know, don't come up for it. Don't plea. Don't make a plea for a start. The court cannot move any further unless you plea. Well, I'm not going to plead if I don't recognise the jurisdiction. The first thing to do... Yeah, that's exactly. The first thing to do is to challenge jurisdiction of the court. And do it in writing. I'm not going to move in, until that's accepted. Once well, that you, accepted. you want them to prove jurisdiction and they won't be able to. But you've got to make sure you don't get railroaded. I'm going to shut my mouth like cars. <laughs> the judge will say to you, do you want to sit down and stuff like this? That everything he says, he's offering you a contract. I'm just going to put a few words in writing and shut my, keep my mouth If you down. agree to anything he says, you, you give him what they call an adhesion contract, which means you then come under his jurisdiction. So it's best to say nothing. If you've listened to Carl, you'll know, won't you? Do it all in writing. And keep my mouth shut. Yes, don't say anything. Put your case into the case before you go to court. 
Are you guys in touch with each other? Sorry? Have you guys shared contact information? That's what I always do. Hey, where are you? Where are you based? I'm in Cambridge. Hey, do you want me? Do you want to swap numbers or? Whereabouts are you in London? I'm in East London, Walthamstow. Oh yeah, I used to. I come from Bow. Yeah, that's up the road. Yeah. I used to be in the fire brigade. I'm a retired fire brigade officer. Okay. Blue watch. White watch. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to look, I'm on Skype. What's your Skype name? Pixel line, John Hall. Do you mind spelling it? J-O-N-H-A-L-L-O-7-0-7-4. Gus can tell you, because I spoke to him yesterday. He's probably still on his call. Lovely. I like you. I only comment because I know what's going on in the UK, you know. So I've got to put a com. I've got to put a, a case forward. Well, not a case. You're you're effectively making a claim, aren't you? Okay. Yeah, well, I'm going to make a claim now. When I go now with the paperwork that I'm going to put in, that is what I'm going to claim is the claim. Actual, the one that I'm going to be trying to claim uh, common law jurisdiction is it? Is that the claim? Well, you're claiming that there's no case to answer, aren't you? Okay. There's no injured party. No one's going to come forth. Under oath of affirmation and say they're the injured party, are they? No, so I'm going to have to put that in writing, basically. That yes. like, I believe no one's going to come forth, and if they do, we're here or whatever, yeah. Okay. Well, you will compensate them if they do come forth, but they won't. And I'll take that to the clerk and she'll date it or stand well, it. Uh, got, it's not quite as simple as it sounds. <laughs> because well, the judge people... will. Try and trick you. At least, uh, I'm going <laughs> to shut my mouth and just go <laughs> what I've got in the paper. Well, I don't suppose. Yeah, if you best, if you want to talk to me in private later on, you can. You know, I don't suppose people want to listen to this. <laughs> but they could join in if they, you know. If... Yeah, I know, but most of the people on Gus's call are in the USA, obviously, which is slightly different, isn't it? <laughs> Well, the, the law's done roughly the same, isn't it? That's what I gather. It's exactly the same, but a bit differently. Uh, it's not exactly the same, no, because this is a monarchy. They've got sovereignty, and whilst you can call yourself a sovereign, yeah, but I'm it, it won't get you very far. They'll brand you some free man of the land. So you're better I'm off not mentioning anything like that. I'm talking about common law. It's yes, am I? Same. Sorry? The common law's the same, isn't it? Well, common law is unwritten law. Well, that, that's what I'm talking about. That's the same as England. Well, yeah, common law applies anywhere in the English colonies where they use a type of English law. Obviously, if you're in France, like Carl always says, that's a different matter entirely, you know. You're talking about Napoleonic law, which is all based on codes. But here, it's common law, yes. It's a common law land. So it's America. So the so America, yes. Are, uh, New Zealand, Australia, yeah. So there's no difference from America to England? Well, no, there is, because it's common law is the law in your community. Yeah. <laughs> if you see what I mean. I mean, in some parts of America, for instance, they might smoke pot every night, mightn't they, you know? That's if you see what I mean. Well, that's their common law. 
That's not their common law, that's their civil law. Common law, everyone could do it. That's what I understand. If they choose. Yeah, it's the law that's common to the people that you're associated with. Okay. It's irrelevant in this case, anyway. If what you're saying is correct, there's no way they're going to be able to move forward with the case, is there? Unless they're going to come up with, you know, half a dozen witnesses all of a sudden. Well, the uh, the, the case is pretty simple. There's, uh, yeah, the... They're saying the kid pushed this this other man over. Um, oh right, yeah. And he the injured, presumably, is he? Well, the man never showed up. So there, well, exactly. Nobody... So exactly. So it's now been turned over to the CPS. We're now talking about Regina or Regina, whatever you want to call it, which is basically a piece of paper. That's not going to testify, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. So he can't. Like the court, if he challenges jurisdiction. You know, that's the first thing. They won't be able to prove jurisdiction. Magistrates' courts here, they're pretty useless. Well, I, I, what I that. find is that nine, 99% of the time, there is always an error in the paperwork. You, all you've got to do is find it. It's all, there's always one there because they're all slap at me. Well, there's because they're all thing. private tribunals. They think they can do just as they like and they don't have to bother with anything. The, the big error in their paperwork is that they don't uh, they don't admit that they're dealing with a man, and so to put the paperwork into the court. Well, I can sort that out court. as well for him because I got a notice that I put into the court for people, which is basically a notice of error or notice of mistake, which, states, which states clearly where your affiliation lies, and it's that of a man. You don't accept any liability or responsibility for the person or the legal person. You're just a man. When can I and they mean... can't rebut it because you—you—it's your word of truth. There's nothing they can say that can rebut you're not a man. Well, there's nobody in there to say it. If you put no. that in paper there, and you state your 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 case as a man and on paper. There is no other man to say otherwise. You're the only man in court. And being the only man in court is is a very uh, important thing to let the court know. That's I right, yeah. What I always do is I make a paper case and I put it into the court. And then I say to them, you've got the case. All you've got to do is read it. And that's all I ever say. I don't say anything else. <laughs> how, how soon do I put the claim in so it could come out the... So they could have it, you know, it could be presented on the same day. But the judge is going to give it all this, you know, come on, let's be reasonable, we can talk about this and all this shit, you know. And of course, it is then that you will allow them to obtain jurisdiction over you. <laughs> Which is why you've got to keep your mouth shut. Especially if you don't know what you're doing. How early do I put my paperwork in? Sorry? How early do I put it in? Well, There's as soon as possible time. you put it in. You don't really want to be arguing with the clock, you know, ten minutes before the trial, do you, or the hearing, rather. Because he's going to be oh. giving it, well, you know, I don't normally file stuff like this and all this stuff. So going to stamp it, and what, do I keep it, or do I give, make copies? No, you've got to have a copy for the court, a copy for the prosecutor, and a copy for you. 
That's it. We've and really, you're copy for the judge. You want four copies, really. I'm going to have to find out where the prosecutor is, so I could, uh, or do I give it to him once I get in court? Well, have you got any information about the case? What's that? Well, have they given you any information? Who's the prosecutor? Who's the CPS guy? Well, uh, all we've got is a bail note, and it just says the the guy that signed the bail note with a few conditions is a legal advisor. There's no name, it's just a scribble. How could a legal advisor sign the bail note? It has to be signed by the custody sergeant. Well, I was going to ask for the name of that signature once I got to the court, so I could... Uh, it won't be a legal advisor. Yeah. It wouldn't be valid if it was a legal advisor. Oh, no, I was thinking of asking them that through a claim on a separate... Well, you, if you think it's not valid, yeah. So, let me get this right. He was arrested, was he? Yeah. He was taken to a police station? Yes. Where? Uh, uh, Stratford. Right, and he was interviewed under caution? Yeah. And you were there? Yeah. And did he say anything? No. No. That's right, that's right. No never never say anything, right? So this no guy who allegedly fell over and hurt himself, he was the where's he? He's where's he in the picture? He's a local alcoholic. Oh. And and he, he he ran up to the there was a group of them and he ran up to him with a bottle in his hand and my oh, well. pushed him and he fell. That's back. another point in your favour. He's what he's an unreliable informant. Well, he came back as missing. He was officially reported missing, uh, and that they said at court that he was missing for three months. And they, I can confidently say that this case ain't going anywhere. You know. And they pulled out about half a ton of crap. Paper what they're waiting for is him to admit it as the person. They, they, you know, string it out a bit, intimidate you in the hope that they will get an admission of guilt because that's the only way they're going to be able to proceed. So if you come along in common law, put your paperwork in, challenge jurisdiction... They're not going to be able to go anywhere. Checkmate there. Yes, if you do it properly. Don't come no, back don't to me in two weeks later. What you told me was rubbish. I've, I'm in prison or where? Because it was your fault, if that's the case. The method, you know, works okay. <laughs> it's the people that administer it that are the problem. I invariably get caught out in some way. First thing he'll say to you is, are you represented? Yeah. Well, you're not going to answer I'm, that question. I'm not, I'm not representing him. I'm no, he's going to ask. Only a lawyer could represent someone. I, I don't. I'm not representing him. You don't. You, you can't anyway. You never want to represent anybody. You only present someone. You never represent them. That's a legalese term. Yeah. But he's going to ask you, he's going to try and catch you out with these kind of questions. Well, I'm not going to ask, I'm going to answer through the paper. I'll be I know you it. say that now, but when you get into court, he's going to be polite to start with. 
And then when you don't talk and keep referring to the paperwork, then he's going to get angry. Then I'm going to ask him <laughs> if he shows, if he expresses. And then he's going to press the panic button with his foot. <laughs> so everybody comes and stands around you and open your cave. He'd admit everything. You know. If he expresses his anger, I'll ask him if he's anger management class face. <laughs> if he's okay, does he want a glass of water? <laughs> and the other thing they'll try and do, you know, if if you don't plea or whatever, if you get to that stage, is they'll try and enter a plea on your behalf. You've got to make sure they don't do that under any circumstances. If they do that, then I'm going to... You, you have to say on the record that they will bear all liability if they enter a plea on your behalf. Or your son's behind. And you say, you say, you write on the piece of paper and say, it goes on the court record. Hey, John, how long have you been uh, studying Carl's stuff? Well, I've been in this, this common oh. law game on and off since 1998. Very nice. It's, uh, I came unstuck in the early days. <laughs> I ended up in prison twice. But since say then... <laughs> Well, in the early days, when I didn't know much about it, I ended up in prison twice. Ah. <laughs> so, so did I. Yeah, so, but, you know, these days, I, I can deal with it on paper 99% of the time. For uh, people that are just starting out in uh, in the UK, can you give them an idea of where they can find some uh, some good basic information to start with? Yeah, I can... Yeah, I can still do. I've got loads of stuff. I've got the stuff that I file, and you know, I put. I the, go, first of all, I put in a uh, notice of mistake. Yeah. Say I accept no liability for the or surety for the name, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, I'm not a person. I'm not a legal person. I'm not a member of the legal society. I'm just a man, a common man. Or worse to that effect. Then I'll put a, a notice of intent of right. Do you have a website or a place where people can go to... Uh, yeah, it's called commonlaw.fivelink.com Say that again? Common law. You know, the normal spelling. C-O-M-M-O-N Law. Yeah. Dot... Five, the figure five. Okay. Leak, as in the vegetable. L double E K. Dot com. You'll see what I've done on there is I've got some of Carl's calls, and they're all in writing. So you can see the questions that people ask and the answers he gave. So commonlaw5leak.com? Commonlaw.5leak.com. Okay. Well, I'll just put it on your uh, Skype in a minute. Yeah, I just put it on... Uh, I'll put it in the Skype. Yeah, what I did was I published some lens... what I call lensisms. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and there's... Uh, I think there's about 100 pages. And you're you're on there as well. I found uh, something. Uh, I think you were on the show, weren't you, in Canada or something? 
Yeah, we uh, we did a uh, show here in New Hampshire. That's it. Yeah, well, I got I saw I got that and I put it on the site and I've got your talk show widget and I've got Cole's talk show widget. So oh, people okay. can just yep. go there and log on. You know. Awesome. Very nice. Yeah, I see it. You managed to get it up, did you? Yep. The front page, it says the fictitious legal entity called the person. Yeah. That's it, yeah. It's the guy called Jabberwock was put it up. Very nice. So that's a, that's a pretty You'll good You'll see your picture on the right hand side. <laughs> Yeah, yes, look, there you are. Look, Carl Enson Gusbrown. Yep, I see that. I haven't put the actual video on there, but if you put the, you know, your your mouse over it, it'll take you to the video. Yeah, very good. <laughs> You'll see that some of it is related to the UK, obviously, and uh, there are bits of it also related to the US. Because I once spent a lot of time in Las Vegas, uh, Not much these days. <laughs> so, are you uh, are you working with Mo and uh, Jules over there? Uh, no. Okay. Well, I don't. I think Mo is dead beat dead, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, I've I've uh, had a conversation with him on a couple of occasions, I think. But I've been using similar principles since 1998. Yeah. I object to everything. Basically. <laughs> hey, I've, uh, I've got a call coming. I'll be right back. Okay. Is there no one else on then? Or? Does anyone know Robert Minard? Robert Minard, what, the Canadian, yeah. Yeah. He's out the Dean Clifford mould, yeah. He's another fantastic guy. He's all right, but it's all Freeman on the land stuff. You won't get really far with that. Well, it's just a different approach, isn't it, kind of thing. But the, basically, they're all the same, really, from what I've seen. Yeah, but Menard is basically a Freeman. You know. A Freeman. Well, you won't get... You can't, if you start talking like that, you won't get anywhere. Yeah, it's like that he wants to be involved with the legal, but without them able to do nothing to him, kind of thing. Well, he's, he's, you know, a lot of what he says is true, obviously, but it's about, you know, it's all about, if you know about the legal maxim, it's all about honour and dishonour. Yeah, yeah. You know, that if you go to court and shouting and all this, you know, you're going to be in dishonour, basically, and you've lost. So you've got to be polite, if, even if the judge starts, you know, saying things that you don't like. You've got to say, with respect, you know, Your Honour, it's all in my paperwork. You'll be start you saying, well, I want to hear it from your mouth, you know, and all that. We'll say, well, you're not going to. It's all in my paperwork. How would you know the uh, that the judge said something you didn't like if you don't understand what he's saying? Well, exactly, but you know what people like. They oh, go there, yeah. become nervous, and then do understand what you say, if you see what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't be sensitive, you can't acknowledge the other side. No, personally, I I wouldn't acknowledge them at all. Well, I'm not going to be... 
They don't exist. You only recognize man, and the only man or woman in that courtroom is the staff, the, the people that work there, and That's right, uh, yeah. the, the bailiff, the jury, and... Uh, but uh, over here, there's, with the judiciary, you've got a, there's a three-strike-and-you're-out thing. Yeah. If you rebut the judge three times, he leaves the court. What's up with he, that? Sorry? What what the, what's the uh, what's the purpose of that? What's the effect? Well, it's one of the maxims on, in the judiciary here. It's uh, you know, basically he, he's he's losing. If you see what I mean. What he'll do is he'll sort he'll normally come back, but he'll change the jurisdiction of the court without telling you. He'll come back right. maritime, and then he'll try again. And if you rebut him another three times, he'll leave the court. He'll leave the bench. And what he'll try again to come at? Uh, what? No, what? yeah. Then you theoretically you have to stand up and say, "He who leaves the battleground first loses the fight." It's one of the legal maxims. You have to oh, say, wow. "The judge has left the court, and I declare this matter discharged, and I want it on the record." Well, the. Uh wouldn't you be doing the same thing if you put it on paper? Yeah. Oh, same, yeah, same. Like I'd say you say it, but like you say, I wouldn't say it. I'd write it down, yeah. yeah I would hand it, it to the clerk. That's right. Yeah. Do not speak to the ghost. No, no. No, it's just an apparition. There's never, you know, there's no benefit whatsoever to speaking. All it can do is get you into trouble. They can use it however good... The words might be, they could use... The thing about the name and all that, you know, you've got to establish that before you actually get in the court. Because the other maxim is, the production of the body resolves the error in the name. Say that again? Well, the production of the body resolves the error in the name. What they're saying is, well, you turned up there, you must be the name. That's the presumption. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, obviously, you have to rebut that presumption before you actually get there. I'm turning up here, but I'm not that name. I'm turning up here out of courtesy, you know, to uh, yeah. sort the matter out. Well, that's why, it's, that's why it's so important to be the first thing that you put into the court, is to correct the record that you are well, that's not... the first um, notice that I put in. It's the notice of error that I'm Mr. Hall, John Hall, and in capital letters and all this. I'm you, I'm not you, the defendant, the legal person, the person, John Hall, Mr. Hall. If they think that, they've made a mistake. Do you ask any questions in your notices, John? Do you... Do you uh, oh, yeah, I always put questions in. What, what evidence do you have that I hold surety for the legal name and all this kind of stuff? You know? What, uh, do you... Uh, my first question to the court would be, uh, what is the nature of the person the court seeks? Because only well, God can, can describe the nature well, of the you, man. You write a note to the prosecutor. That's what I do. You know, can the prosecutor please identify the defendant? And because you've already put the paperwork in, he can't, can he? So there is no defendant. 
he'll try, he might get a bit of paper and say, oh, there he is, you know. And then you say, well, can the prosecutor please put his hand on the shoulder of the defendant? He can't answer that question. Because he's, under the trust law, he's trying to usurp your position, isn't he? You see what I mean? <laughs> you just ask, ask them questions that they can't answer. Are you trying to gain entry by fraud and deception? In other words, he's trying to enter the trust unlawfully. <laughs> they would just refuse to answer. But they will then know that you know what you're talking about, if you see what I mean. And of course that makes a big difference, as Carl always says. They'll know if you don't know what you're to- talking about. Who sits on a bench at a youth court? Sorry? Who sits at a bench at a youth court? Well, there'll be three magistrates. There'll be a leading magistrate and two others. There won't be but a judge, because you, this is the first hearing, isn't it? It's, well, it's not a hearing, time. really. It's a tribunal. Huh? It's the third time we're going. Nothing's kicked off yet. Sorry? It's the third time we're going. What happened but, on the last two occasions? Well, the, fir- the first time the guy didn't turn up. The yeah. second time, the second time I, I tried to position myself as my son. Well, let me get this right. There's no independent witnesses. No. So, how did they make the charge stick, then? How did they make it stick? Yeah. No one saw him do it. How did they make it stick? Well, they they didn't. This is all to try and make it stick. But they've charged him, you said. Yeah, but he hasn't been convicted of anything. Haven't you asked for the um, probable cause affidavit? Well, they've given me a bunch of legal papers, but... What, and there's a statement in there from someone that attributed it to him, is it? All the paperwork is, is uh, the the scratch on the guy's back head, about 20 pages of uh, different police officers that came. And how oh, they... yeah, well, it's th- that, their testimony is worthless. They're not impartial witnesses, are they? Yeah. Is there a third-party impartial witness? Is oh. the um, so-called but... injured party going to appear? But he hasn't. He hasn't appeared. There's no witness. Well, exactly. You've got. There's no injured party. There's no independent third party witness, and there's no jurisdiction. So the table's already collapsed, hasn't it? Yeah, this is. As Richard Colville would say. This is what's confusing me. So it would be worth my while putting putting in the claim then. You put all this on paper. You want to see. The complainant's complaint. It had to be sworn under oath. The complainant's complaint? Or the person? Yeah, who, compl- who made the complaint? Is it a complaint they made or is it a claim they made? No, they're not making a claim. It's a criminal complaint. Okay. You're going to put a claim into the case, aren't you? Which effectively usurps their complaint. Oh, or Bill Thornton would say a counterclaim. Well, I wouldn't call it a counterclaim, I'd just call it a claim. Yeah. Because a counterclaim is if uh, you've accepted wrongdoing's been done to you and well, you... Well, a counterclaim is a, a, 
a bit of a legalese term, isn't it? You just want to make a claim as a man, don't you? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, this is Offset. How is everybody? Um, so so basically that is what it is. It's a counterclaim, but we don't call it that because it's legalese term. Well, you can well, call it a counterclaim if you wish. Because it's not personally, a separate, no. a separate uh, case number, correct? A man makes a claim. He doesn't make a counterclaim. No, no, I know, but I was always confused about the claim part, but um, just for purposes of clarity, where it really is sort of a counterclaim, so it it bears the same case number, or does it have a different Oh, case? no, see, it depends where you're going with it. If you want to make your own claim, then you have to do what Carl says. You have to go to your mum and pop court and make a claim. Okay. But I don't bother with that personally. I put a claim into their case. They've got no jurisdiction. And, you know. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't know what's going on with my microphone. I've been trying to speak, and I'm not being, I'm not able to get through. And uh, so I had to mute you guys. I think my uh, the way my microphone works is uh, if somebody else is speaking, it mutes me out. So I'm going to uh, unmute everybody again, but uh, I just wanted to make this point clear before we continue. Uh, when, when there's a case existing and you put in a counterclaim, cross-petition, whatever you want to call it, you are uh, joining yourself to the statutory side. So you want to remove the case and put it into common law. That's where you want to go with it. So I'm going to unmute you guys, and I'm going to try to to speak up. Maybe if I speak louder, uh, you guys will be able to hear me. I'm not quite sure what was going on there. You guys all back? We're back. We're back. Right. We're back. I'm, I'm not sure what that was. Uh, star six to unmute yourself if you wish to come back in. The floor is open. Uh, John, thank you very much. I, I didn't mean to cut you guys all off like that. Uh, I'm not sure why my microphone wasn't working. Very good bit of advice there, lads. We've got to get together, John, and have a chit-chat. Hello? Hello? Oh, there. We're still here. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there should be nobody muted. If you're muted and you cannot unmute, press star 8, and that will un that will uh, raise your hand. And I can check to see if you're muted here, but you should, you should be all set. I unmuted uh, the board. So if you're muted, check your phone. It, it might be on your end. So, yeah. So basically, I'm going to put a claim in. Say I'm going to go tomorrow, put a claim in. The clerk's going to timestamp it. And what do I I send it off to the the prosecutor? What claim are you going to put in tomorrow? Pardon? What claim will you be putting in tomorrow? 
the claim that uh, what I was speaking with Johnny on the basis of uh, no one turned up the first time court was made. Or I don't believe that anyone's going to turn up to claim that there was any wrong done. Okay, that's that's not a claim. That's a notice. You're going to put a notice into the court that you are. You have to put the 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 notice has to start off number one that you're a man, and that uh, this this involves something which is uh, part within within the scope of your domestic authority, and that you require the court to recognize that you are a man in common law and that you require common law to be applied to this case, that you do not understand legalese, you do not understand the customs of the legal society, and uh, you, know, you want to start with that, but you're in the Skype groups, so you've got access to a lot of other people here, and uh, so write something up the way you think it should be uh, going into the court and put it into the Skype group and get some feedback from everyone. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'm going to do that. Thanks, Gus. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Hello? Hello. Hello, how you doing, Gus? I'm doing well. How are you? All right, this is Teresa going. Um, I, I have wrote you on Skype. You you didn't understand what I was saying. You was asking me, uh, how do I know where I know you from? And then I wrote you back from Carl. And then um, you asked me where I was located, and I'm located in Michigan. I can't spell good, so that's why you didn't understand me. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, and uh, um, what what I've been trying to fight is trying to get my children back. I've been um, I wrote to Carl uh, January fifth, and um, I sent the donation, and I haven't heard from him since. I wrote him, I emailed him my summary of my case, and I still haven't heard from him. Well, Carl's doing his own thing. He's got you know he gets up in the morning and he's got a list of things to do. He's got the dogs to feed and. You know, he's he's helping Jimmy move out. I, I think he's done with that. Uh, you know, he's he's talking to people from around the world. And you know, when I donate, I, I don't donate expecting anything. And if you guys donate to me, same thing. Don't, you know, it, it's just to say thank you and, and uh, you know, to you know, really, that's it, just to say thank you. I donate to Carl just to say thank you. Uh, we very rarely talk about law. Uh, sometimes it comes up in conversation, but we usually talk about other th- other things. So, you know, if you've got something that you want somebody to do for you, you got to make contact first and, and ask them what you know what do they require to provide you with some help and assistance. Uh, the the best thing for you to do is to just get into the Skype groups where you can connect with other people that have the same uh, interests that you have, and uh, and they can help you out. But uh, there's only so many hours in the day, and I I only help you know maybe seven or eight people. You know I don't think I help ten people out, and these are people that I've been working with for you know many months. There's there's just no time in the day to keep up with everything that's going on with you know in other people's lives and and do your own thing, and that's why I set up the Skype group so you guys can all help each other out. What okay. is the Skype? 
what is the Skype group location? Because guess I got mine set up. Yeah, you get a hold of me on Skype, Gus dot Breton, G U S dot B R E T O N. Sorry, I lost connection. Okay, right. can I say can I say one more thing? Because I got cut off. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Gus. Okay, I'm glad that you told me now. See, when I was listening to Carl's. Um, when I was listening to his shows, because I've listened to so many of them on on uh, YouTube, okay, I came up on this video, and this is why I thought, because what these people were saying, they said, if you want to get a hold of Carl, you have to donate. If you want to get, you know, if you want help from him. So that's why I did it, because um, that's, because what they said on this on this show, so if a lot of people run into it, that's what they're going to think before they probably run into your show. So that's why I did it because of well, that person saying that on on the on his show. Yeah, Hello? And, and that's, that's fine. And you know, the uh, Carl takes time out of his week to hang out and and to give us you know a, a lot of really cool information and uh, you know donate to say thank you. Uh, if you want to get a hold of them, you know, I, I imagine if you sent them, uh, you know, if everybody sends them, he, he's looking for $2, $3 from whoever wants to download the show to show some appreciation. You know, yeah, and, and he's entitled to compensation for what he does. You know. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, there, there's people from around the world that he's working with, and, you know, he's already committed to them. So there's only so many people he can he can work with in a, you know in any given day. Yeah, he doesn't you know deliberately not get back to you. He's just that he's got a lot to do you know and he doesn't get round to it. That's all it is, yeah. And so you know get in touch with people in the Skype group. That's where you're going to get most of your help. Okay, in the Skype group. Okay, I, I would I would do that. I got Larry's information too. Yeah, yep. Larry's a good guy. You know he's a, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I got his. Yeah, I sure do. Because um, I'm speaking on people who have learning disabilities because I can't spell good, so I have to have somebody to write for me. And she only come on twice during the week. So when I'm writing on the Skype board, I won't be able to respond to that person who's trying to help me. Hello. Oh, you just 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 write it on a on a notepad and then copy and paste it into the box. Or oh, can I jump in here? This is Aquila. Ma'am, hey, hi, ma'am, how are you doing? There's another thing you could do, ma'am, um, so if that's your problem, um, I would suggest you get a tape recorder, tape everything, even ask some questions when you tape, and when your friend comes back to help you write up stuff, you will have something to bring. You see what I'm saying? That might work have, out better for you. Have something to bring, like, what do you mean bring? Okay. She means you can write it down from the tape recording. No, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Her friend will write it from the tape player because she says she cannot spell well. Yeah, we have a friend. Not you say, yeah. Right. So if you tape it, you know, you know, tape the Skype conversation, or even tonight, like we have a conversation, you can tape that. Tape someone calls shows or download them. Then when your friend come over to help you, they can. And, you know, as for donation, I want to elaborate on that a bit. It's, it's like everybody have their own time. And 
it's fortunate we have Carl and others that help us, you know. And I feel, you know, somebody helped me. If I can do something back for them, whatever they may be, you know, I will do it. You know, because, you know, we say nothing is free, and that's absolutely true. But, I mean, if you don't have nothing to give, that's another story. He still will help you. I will still help you, I believe. You only ask for what you can afford. That's all you are. Right. And so, therefore, if you do have something, and when you do have it, you should donate. Because if you call, if you in, if you need help, you will call a lawyer. They're not going to help you unless you give them something, period. When call is not that way, and many of us is not that way. So when you donate, it's just that you're giving back. That's all you're doing. But if you want somebody to help you with a specific case, a specific problem, whether it be call or whomever, you need to compensate that individual for working for you. Because if you got a lawyer, they will be working for you, but not all the way. They lie to you and take your money, and you're happy about it. A lot of us was that way until we know the truth. So, therefore, I would just say the donation for the program, because he's spending his time to come and talk to us. He already knows this stuff. <laughs> so it ain't like he don't. So he don't even have to come. He don't even have to come to the show, set up a show, do nothing. But because he took his time, I'm going to donate, and I do. Do I donate every day, every time? No, I donate when I get it, and I make sure I do. So with that being said, the donation, when, when I do tell others about call, I tell them this. So the donation is to help out, so to keep him on. Because he had to spend at that time, he stopped doing. That's why he gets fed up with it sometimes when he speaks for four hours and gets two dollars, you know. Yeah, when he um, speaks on the calls, he's taking time sometimes, even though he's doing other stuff while he's on the call. He might be working on the call. He's underneath the car, yeah. Who knows, whatever. But they've taken up that time to talk to us. And so, therefore, you know, who's going to do that? So he's doing, he's not asking you for nothing, you know, but you, I feel you should give back. And so that's all that is for, but if you were, as I said, oh. I'm going to say it again, donate. It's about if being honorable, isn't it? That's what it's you. about. You donate, and if you want somebody to help you on your case, you would get a lawyer to help you on your case, you pay him. So pay somebody. Now, he's not asking a fee of a lawyer, you know, but compensate him accordingly. Don't stack the, as a, uh, $1,000 question, and you're going to pay $2 for that. Come on now. Let's be real about this. It don't work that way. You donated $5, $40, $50, but you want an hour of his time. How you expect, you know, that is right. You know, this whole system, and to be honest with you, what Carl is talking about coming law, God has blessed him with that gift. He did not learn it on his own. It has to come to you because I'm into building, and a lot of things has to come to me, electric, plumbing, whatever. God give all of us gifts. So he has that, and he's using it to help others, which is great. So if you have any gifts, you can help others as well. So I'm going to anyone for helping me. Uh, from, what, from what I've gathered from uh, Carl who's talking to him. <laughs> yeah, not just call names. Anyone who's helping you, 
anyone who's helping you on your problem, because it's your problem, and all this stuff really is in the Bible. It's only God's law. That's all we are doing. We are doing God's law. And how you expect to understand it, how you expect to even get it done, the only way you can understand if God helped you understand. The guy, I think Carl Lentz is there to help everyone for free. But when they're asking the same questions over and over again, then he wants to charge you. No, it's not that way. Because if you actually want to listen to it, he have he already a lot of stuff he's saying is already on his page. You can just go listen to it. All right. Yeah. You might have specific questions, which is true. You might that he didn't cover or ask, or you didn't think to ask. But you can ask your question, record it. And stop using yeah. the law. He's just asking for fair and just compensation for what he does. Yeah, fair not only that, have your problem that you're going through, have the ticket in front of you. Don't be trying to, you wasting time. All right? You have a problem, you have the ticket in front of you. Or the problem in front of you. Yes. Yeah, I just, uh, something you guys might not be aware of is I've got a conference line that you guys can use, so. Not everybody has uh, the capacity to put a call together. So I, I put this conference line together a while ago uh, mm-hmm. for people who just want to talk. It, it, it'll handle up to 200 people. And the number okay. is the number is 218-895-0970. And the PIN number is 2112-POUND. Could you write that in your Skype box so I can... Oh, yeah, yeah write it on the page. I haven't got a pen at the moment. Yeah. What, no, was, so, the, uh, what was the number just, again? The Go. number is 218-895-0970, and the pen is 2112. And I'll put it in the... It's, it's, on, my, uh, it's on my website at, at uh, org. There's uh, a tab that you can go to where it says Word Nerds, and in, underneath the Word Nerds it says Conference Line. So that's the Word Nerds Conference Line. Uh, it's okay. probably making a lot of noise. All right, hold up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Someone's doing the dishes for the sound of it. All right, I, I was cooking dinner for everybody, but <laughs> nobody showed up. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it's not letting me post it. I don't know what's up with that. Uh, well, somebody else, if they could post it, just re- probably repeat it again. I'm going to um, try it this way. Sometimes it doesn't let me copy and paste right off the website. No, it's not letting me do it there either. Oh, you have to do Control-V. No, it, it, uh, sometimes it, sometimes uh, talks you won't let you post things. All right. I don't know what I don't know what's up with that. So there it is. You can't put it on your Skype board. Well, it's it's on. Uh, yeah, it, it's it, you can find it on my website. If you look under Word Nerds, there's a tab at uh, redressfordummies.org. All right, and okay. There, and all the way to the right, there's a, it says Word Nerds. And if you if you open if you look below Word Nerds, one of the little box 
boxes that opens up is called con- it says conference line and that's where the phone number is 218-895-0970 the pin is 2112 and you can go back and listen to this recording to get the uh to get this information but if, if you want to get together with a bunch of you know a bunch of people five six people oh it's just 20, come up next five, to word nerds it says 218-895-0970 pin 2112 that's it. Oh, yeah. It's come out next to your name. All right, let me spell it for the lady because she said she couldn't spell word. So that's W-O-R-D, and nerds is N-E-T-Z, I think. All right, thank you. N-E-R-D-Z. Yeah, so just so you can spell it um, so we help you out there. Anyway, I'm done, so everybody else can talk. And I'll mute myself out, because sometimes I make a lot of noise. (laughs) Doing the dishes, yeah. (laughs) But it's all good. Thanks, Aquila. Yeah, you you can get a hold of me on on Skype, and we we can swap information there also. As far as uh, as far as your your children and uh, the help that you're looking for, what's going on with the kids? Oh, um, my rights were terminated in 2005, and uh, I don't know what you what you're trying to ask me. Well, it's, uh, your rights were terminated in 2005. Yes. Okay. For what reason? They, um, because my son got hurt in, in the basement. In my basement. Oh. Yeah, and um, and they said I was neglectful. Neglectful, because he was playing with his siblings in the basement. And um, they made Who up said all this, kinds the CPS? Of, yeah, and they made up all kinds of allegations on me. I ended up losing them. And my, my attorney told me to plead no contest, and if I didn't plead no contest, I would lose my children if I go to trial. Yeah, yeah. it's just a threat. It's just a th- so uh, at this time, uh, you have not seen them since 2005? No, I haven't I haven't seen. I, I, you know what? I've seen them, like, on the street or something like that, but or or my cousin showed me at, at the school, but I haven't seen them since two thousand and five. Did you sign a contract? I don't know. They told me to sign something, but I don't know if it was yeah. a contract. But if you signed the contract, you want to ask them back, don't you? You you signed them into the safekeeping of the government, didn't you? I don't because know. Because at that, that particular did. time, they claimed that you were an unfit person. Yeah, mother or whatever. But now you're no longer unfit, and you want them back. Yeah, uh, we're going to have to take this a little bit slower. Uh, there's there's going to be a lot involved, and there's old, you know some things that uh, need to be aired out before we get into that. That's some complicated stuff. All right. What? Oh, well. Come on, my case. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'll leave it to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just. Uh, you're going to need some hands-on, somebody who can work with you. Uh, Melissa in, in Minnesota, uh, you know, maybe Barbara in Nova Scotia. There's people that 
already are very involved with that kind of stuff, and uh, people who could benefit from from working with you. And uh, yeah, I need to see the paperwork, don't they? Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good idea. So they can understand exactly what happened and what went on, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, I have a, I have a summary. I even sent one to um, Carl. So, if you, um, Gus, if you give me your email, I can send you the summary tomorrow. All right, my my email is right on my website. Have you been to my website, Redress for Dummies? Nope. All right. If, um, the, the quick link to get there is www. The letter R, like uh-huh. uh, like Rudolph. Okay. The number four. Okay. And then the letter D, like dog. So r4d.info, I-N-F-O. That's the, the short link to get to my website. And on the top left, you'll see about uh, R4D, and you'll also see about Gus Breton. And that's where you can find my Skype information, my phone number. Uh, not my phone number, I'm sorry. That's, I don't give that out. Uh, my my email address. Uh, so go to r4d.info, which is the Redress for Dummies website, and you can find all the information to get a hold of me right there. And I'll put you in touch with other people that you, you, know, that you can work with. Okay, it's r you got R D is is okay. It's W W W R D, right? Uh, there was some noise in the middle. It's R four D. R oh R R four D. Okay. Yeah. R yeah the letter R like Rudolph the number four and then the letter D like dog. R4D.info. Uh, get a hold of me on the website or on Skype or send me an email. Uh, I don't check my email very often. It's kind of sporadic. Whenever I get to it, I check it out. Um, but, uh, you know, I will eventually get to it. I try to check it at least a couple times a week. Oh, okay. So I want to make sure I got this right. R, um, R4D dot I-N-S-O. That's correct. Okay. Thanks. I will do that. All right. Hello? Uh, yeah, include your uh, include your phone number, if you will. I sure will. All right. Hello. Hey, good. This is uh, Chris in Texas. Have you got a moment? Yeah, go ahead, Chris. All right. I am working on my tax case that is going to be manifesting in about 90 days. Yeah, you've been working on that for a long time. It's been a year. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, 
the prosecutor has continued to not answer any of the questions that I've presented to him. And so uh, I don't want to put a motion into their case, but I want to get an extension until he answers the question. Um, do I do that in the form of a claim, in the form of a motion, in the form of a notice? How do you, I do you, that? You're dealing in their court, and you know, I have no idea what the rules of evidence are, what the rules of court are. I just don't know. I never studied that stuff. The, uh, okay. Let me ask you. Go ahead. You're, you're a man, and you require the, the, the case to be in common law. You have a right to common law. So, you know, no different than, um, than anybody else. You, you, you put a notice into the court. That re, you know, requiring the court to recognize you, you, your status as that of a man, and that your right to common law, and that you require to have a uh, the the uh, the indictment presented uh, and and uh, verified under oath of affirmation. You know, who, who's the man that swears a complaint against me? You know, who who have I done wrong to? What's the amount that I owe? You know, is there a debt? Is there a debt that's being charged? You know, what, what the heck's going on? So, you know, the stuff you were doing before with John, um, you know, I, I, I have no idea what to tell you about that stuff. That's beyond me. Yeah, you know, I mean, I find it fascinating, but um, that's like I find, you know, surfing fascinating. It's not something I would try, but I like to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> what were they doing? Dealing with it by statute? Do what? Were they dealing with it using the statute? Oh, they're they're u- using tons and tons of statutes and uh-huh. regulations and codes and all this kind of crap. Well, that doesn't and affect you, does it? Because you're not interested in that, are you? You just want to be, you know, deal with the undercommon law, then. But according to them, it does. According to well, them, they will they will say that. That's just the standard reply. I understand. They're, they're not going to let you... Same as they won't answer a question they can't answer. They're not going to reply to. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you're going to get them to reply is by getting a court order. To do that, you would have to put a notice into the court, like Gus just said, to force the other side to produce the documents that you require. In this instance, as you just rightly pointed out, yeah. you want verica- verification of the debt. Okay. Because they're trying to deny you justice, aren't they? Absolutely. If you've not been made aware of what the position is, you want what they call full disclosure. They're trying to claim you're in a contract... It can't be a fair contract if there's no full disclosure. Although you're coming from the common law aspect anyway, I know. But you're still entitled to disclosure. No, I never did incorporate, so I'm I'm just a man doing business in tech. their, Their reply would probably be, there's no requirement for them to give you anything. They'll discuss it in court. Mm-hmm. That's what they will say. 
And if they really want to, you know, be nasty, they'll claim they did reply. It must have got lost in the post. Because a, a government official isn't required to send anything registered or recorded or certified. His word that he posted it is good enough for the judge. Right. I mean, it's like he, he sent in his answers to some of the questions, but he did not do it under penalty of perjury. He just did it on his own recognizance. Yes. Well, he won't, will he? No one knows when someone's going to do that because he can't. Very far the day. Hey, right, sorry, so, uh, I had to step out for a second. I uh, had another phone call. You're going to uh, have difficulty getting them to answer those kind of questions because they're just not going to want to. Well, what is the penalty for them not answering those questions? Well, there isn't one. Because if they wanted to get out of it, they would lie like they always do. Hey, Chris. Yeah, guys. Yeah. The, uh, you've got a choice to continue on in their statutory world or to move on, pull the plug, and just go common law. You know, if you evoke your right to common law and you put a notice in the court, let them know, you know, you're, you're, you're claiming your right as a man and that you evoke common law and that you don't understand their stuff, you've you know, that's it. That's the bottom line. So all this other stuff, the statute stuff, uh, you know, if you continue to pursue that, then you're you know, you're in their game, and you're not going to be getting out of their game anytime soon. Well, let me share some good news with you. Some good What's news that? is that I I have not been playing the statutory game. Everything okay. I have. Been, Everything I have done since I've met Carl is um, do it in blue ink, keep it simple, keep it very simple, and I, I have done it in such a way as to make them aware that I am a man. And what I need to do now is I put in a notice of errors uh that I think some of the people in our group have done to clarify that I am a man and that I'm an idiot in the legal society. And for, please forgive me if I've made any mistakes in relationship to giving you the impression that I know your stuff because I don't. I've done I've done all that. Uh, in, but they're going to put in. You put in interrogatories. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. When you put interrogatories into the case, you're playing their game. You can say you're an idiot all you want. You can say you're a private man. You can say all this stuff. Uh, but uh, that doesn't, you know, your, your paperwork shows that you're not a private man. You understand the game, and you're willing to play the game. And so, you know, it, it's, it's when the time comes, that you've had enough of that game, you're going to have to pull the plug and just be, you know, 100% man in common law, you know, not acknowledging the game whatsoever. You know, there's nobody talking to you. It's a fiction. It's a paper. It's, it, it, it doesn't exist. You know, they're, 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 
you're you're a man in your world it doesn't exist. It only exists in their world and if you stay there, uh you will suffer the consequences. Now with as little time as you've got left and uh you you've gained very little ground uh trying to you know, trying to play in their sandbox and I you know I think it's time for you to jump ship and just move on with your life. What does that mean? The main thing that they're after, guys, is they are coming after me for, they are coming after the fiction, Christopher L. Ewing, the corporation. They're coming after it and trying to say, and trying to steal my house from me. Okay, is the house in the name of the man or the house in the name of some corporation? The house is in the name of the Christopher L. Ewing 43768 uh, Corporation. Okay, so uh, as a, uh, it's a registered corporation? No, 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 it's just my phone, it's just my name and my social. Oh, okay, so there's, uh, that's a rebuttable presumption. Yeah, they're presuming that the house is owned by a corporation, and you just got to rebut the presumption. I'm a man. There's nobody that says I've done anything wrong. That's my property, and uh, hands off. All right. Well, here's the thing, Gus. I can type almost as quick as you spell, as you can say it, but I respond to what I see instead of what I hear. So when I have it in writing. I mean, that's why I downloaded all of Carl's stuff off the internet on what he did with his documents today. I mean, I'm behind the eight ball, but I'm ready to get this thing finished. The bottom line is no different than it was last year or in any other case. You know, every case is very much the same in that there is no man making a claim. Where's the man making a claim that you've done any harm to to another man? There, There is none. And can, I, where, can I answer that real quick? Sure. Because this is a discussion, a dialogue, and interaction. Um, I talked to two judges when I was in their court uh, with issues before the court. When I had the hearing last year, and when I had a hearing with a traffic ticket uh, in November, I told the judge, I am a man. Is there another man making a claim? And both judges said the claim is in the complaint. That's right. They didn't answer you. Good point. Is that a yes, is that a yes or a no? Good point. I'm not a damn politician, but that's a good point. I didn't catch that. Well, they, didn't answer, they don't ever answer your question. That's why you put it in writing. There, there is no, there is no man making a claim against you. There's okay. nothing but a piece of paper. You're being chased around the country by a piece of paper. All right. 
Hello, Gus. Hello. Hi, this is Offset. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, you. I don't know if you recall, I spoke with you last week, the day before I went to court, actually, and I was so happy that I spoke with you because you said to me, you're going to have a really bad day in court. Let's go in there with that. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't go in there with that because I had already been involved with them before I met uh, Carl, and I was um, going back and forth with the statutory stuff. And so because I had requested discovery from them and they hadn't provided it, I was really thinking that when I went to court that because they had not turned the discovery over that the judge was going to dismiss the case. But he didn't, and he said um, the only thing, the only discovery I was entitled to was my driving record. And I said, well, I said, um, the last time I was here, you actually told them that they need to hand over the discovery. And now you're saying something different. So, you know, we, we were going back and forth uh, with some things, and I had, you know, printed out the discovery that I had sent to them, and I said they signed for the discovery request. They just ignored me. And I gave the judge a copy. He asked for a copy. I gave it to him, and so he he asked me to uh, – he passed my case. And he called my case up. It, there was nobody else in the courtroom. It was dark outside. It was snowing. And um, I was tired. I was exhausted. And when I got up there again, they just immediately started adjudicating on me and, and railroading me um, for jail time. And I, I saw what was happening and I was texting my family members, telling them, look, this doesn't look like it's going good. You guys need to come up here and get my truck. You know, I don't know where I'm going to leave the key because I felt like that's what, that is what they were doing. And so when the judge started asking me questions because um, he ignored the discovery, and I said, well, how, how am I supposed to defend myself if I don't have discovery when Maryland Constitution states that I have to have this in order to pre- prepare for my defense? Article 22 of the Maryland Constitution, he ignored me. Um, everything I brought out uh, in Article 22 where it says that no man ought to be compelled to give evidence against himself in a criminal case, and I made him say that that was a criminal case. He said it was a criminal case. So everything that I was saying to the judge, he was ignoring me. And when I saw that they were getting ready to send me to jail and it carried a two-month jail sentence, um, I went into some other mode, and then I started telling him when he was asking me questions, I said, well, you know, I'm an idiot. And then he said, you know, have a seat. And I said, is that an order? he said, no. I said, okay, well, then, you know, I'll stand. And then um, about five minutes later, he said, have a seat. And I said, is that an order? And he yelled, yes, it's an order. I said, okay, well, I'll sit down then since you're ordering me to. And I sat down, and when he was questioning me, I kept saying, I'm an idiot. And he said, well, since you're an idiot, I'll enter a guilty plea for you. And he he entered a guilty plea for me. And um, when he started adjudicating, this man uh, came in the courtroom. And he yelled, this woman is not going to jail today, not on my watch. And when I turned around, it was an attorney that I, I, I met maybe four years ago who represented my son in something, and um, he remembered me. And the judge said, um, do the two of you want to go outside and get reacquainted? And so um, we went out in the hallway, and, and, he <laughs> and the, and, and the uh, attorney said, what are you doing? You're going to jail. You're no good in jail. I need you out there helping those children. And he, you know, he went on. He said, I, he said, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I said, no, you don't know anything. So he pulls out uh, a, a, a Wichita Indian tribe nationality card, and he told me that, um, you know, he's a, he's a national and that uh, his fight is in the courtroom, even though he hates it, 
but his fight is there, and my fight is with the youth. And, you know, he said, you're not going to do anybody any good going to jail. Please let me help you. And because I knew that I didn't know enough about the common law, I wasn't going to sit there and, and try to prove something to myself by going to jail. And so I entered into um, a contract with him, and I, I pled guilty. And um, I had to. he gave me a $300 fine, gave me two months to pay it. He dropped all the nine tickets except the one, which was driving without the driver's license, which carried jail time. Um, and so, you know, I was really not happy. It was a bittersweet day because um, I saw some things, and, and I realized if I keep studying, I, I will get this. But that, it just wasn't, I wasn't supposed to go to jail that day, period. And so what I was going to do was um, challenge the jurisdiction because there was no injured party, and I asked the judge. I kept asking, you know, who did I injure? He ignored me, you know. Um, and so even though I entered the guilty plea and the judge said on the record, he said, because you're entering the guilty plea, you can't come back and appeal. You can't act for an appeal. But I thought ju jurisdiction can be challenged at any time before, during, or after a proceeding. So I was... My understanding is that jurisdiction can be challenged at, every, you know, at any time, and uh, you know, in that, I believe you're right. As far as uh, entering a guilty plea, um, you know, you, you can with you can withdraw the plea. You can say, "Look, I you know I didn't understand what I was doing. I told you I was an idiot." <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure how to handle that. I've never, I've never been in that position. Mm -hmm. But uh, I know the stuff that you were reading to me uh, was not going to get you any better results. Uh, I'm glad you've decided to stick it out. Mhm. Mhm. <clears throat> okay. Well, that's where my head is now: is to um, appeal based on on jurisdiction and challenge the jurisdiction. And if he um, denies it, then I'll just, you know, appeal to the next level court and continue to appeal challenging jurisdiction. Okay, but the, the jurisdiction that you're challenging, okay, jurisdiction comes into th in three categories. One of them is the the area that you're in. So the uh, the, uh, the if you got the ticket in one town, one town and they have and they hold court in another town, then they may not have jurisdiction. So the, the court has a limited jurisdiction over the uh, a very specific area. So that's your territorial jurisdiction. Another uh, type of jurisdiction is uh, over the, the man or the woman or the person or right. the corporation or the joint stock company. So th th they have a, a jurisdiction over certain types of people, I mean over uh, certain types of persons. Mm -hmm. And I did say I was a woman when he called my name. I said I'm a, uh, I am that defendant accompanied by the woman. So even if to challenge um, personal jurisdiction, I'm sorry, personal jurisdiction. Um, I don't know if you have to have all three. It's the first time I heard of the territorial one. Um, well, but you don't have to have the, the court has to have all three. That's what I mean. They, they have to have all three. It can't be one or two. It has to be all three. It has to be all three, so including subject matter jurisdiction. So mm -hmm. if you if you argue subject matter jurisdiction, uh, I believe that confers jurisdiction. Uh, it, you know, it, it makes you a person, and they're just going to assume it from there. On the other hand, 
the only thing that I would be, you know, talking to the judge about is, well, talking you know, as far as the, the the issue to focus on is mm-hmm. I am a woman and I was using my property to go from point A to point B, and this court has no authority to tell a woman what uh, what she can do with her property. You know, where, where is your finding of facts and conclusions of law that you rely on for your basis in believing that you have the right to tell me, a woman, what to do with my property? Mm-hmm. So you, you're not going to be challenging the code. You're not going to be challenging... Uh, the, the only other challenge that I would consider would be, uh, you know, no evidence was ever presented to the court that I was engaged in a contract at the time of, of the uh, the event. Yeah, I have a driver's license, and I I go all over the place. But as far as uh, I'm concerned, I've never used my driver's license ever. Since the day I've got it, I've never been in, involved in commerce whatsoever. You know, it, it's it's a great way to uh, to identify myself when I go to buy tickets to a play or something like that. Uh, never been to one, but you know what I'm saying. If I if I need to identify who I am to get into a building, I, I used to work at the Federal Reserve in Boston. Used to do renovations over there, so you know, a lot of times you have to get through security. And that's the kind, you know, it's a form of identification that they accept. So uh, it's very beneficial to have that form of ID. But that doesn't mean that when I'm walking into a secure building and I'm using my driver's license that I'm a driver. You know, it's just a form of ID. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that part. Um, I think because I don't really you know, know what to do. I have 10 days to appeal, and um, it will be seven days tomorrow. Uh, it will be the seventh day, and I think I'm just going to just leave it alone and just um, take it as experience and, and move on because I don't see any other way to really go back after them. And I was in there mixing oranges and apples, looking like a complete real idiot, and so, um, I think. Well, what's an idiot? What's an idiot supposed to look like? <laughs> well, well, last week it looked like me. Um, no, I really didn't understand what they were doing, and I kept saying, but I was mixing legally with common law. And when when the legalese part of me telling the judge that they hadn't given me discovery didn't work at all, regardless of the fact that I had the statute saying that they had to turn it over and all these things, none of that worked. Yeah, but- you, you, you're, if you're in court stating that you're an idiot in legalese and in the customs of the legal society, that you don't understand codes and statutes and all this stuff, it doesn't apply to me. I don't understand it. Nobody's ever compensated me to study that crap. All right, and I'm not going to learn it all for free. If, if you guys want me to learn this crap, then I expect compensation. You know, if you're going in there with that frame of mind, and then the judge says something to you, the man who's acting as a judge or the woman acting as a judge speaks to you and you speak back, you answer her coherently, then you can't claim that you're an idiot. Right. Okay? You can claim I, was, you're not... I, was mixing, I was mixing common law with, with statutes and I was, you know, and um, I was just all over the place and 
you know, that's why what happened happened because I didn't prove to him that, that I was a woman. I said I was a woman, but my actions showed that I was not. I wasn't acting as one. So, um, Well, you were, you were acting as an imposter, and uh, you know, the, the whole system, the, the, the judicial system, the courts, the, the legislature, the executive branch, they all exist to secure and protect the rights and property of man. And that judge is sitting there. His job is to protect my rights, not the rights of a person. If, if an imposter goes walking in there, uh, I don't want to spend. I don't want the this, the judiciary to waste its valuable resources uh, protecting somebody that's supposed to be, uh, you know, beat like a pinata. You, you know, if you're if you're if you're a man, if you're a woman, you walk in the court and and you lean on common law, you know, and that's it. You either do it or you don't. And, the, you know, one of the, I, I believe part of the judge's job is to make sure that, uh, that you know, that uh, persons, right, and typically a person is a corporation, a joint stock company, uh, you know, something along those lines, that, the, you know, the judge is not to assign to, to just give away my rights, the, the rights that I have, not to uh, afford those rights to to those kinds of persons. And if you if you blend in with those persons, he's going to treat you like one of those. Right. I want to tell you that this conversation has been very helpful, and you're really helping a lot of people by sharing those terms and definitions. Because what you went through in court, even though you felt like an idiot, you've informed and helped a lot of us other idiots out here learn something. Thank you. Absolutely. That's uh, yes. Thank you very much. You know, when when people, what I find is uh, people ask me questions. They'll call me during the day sometimes. People that I work with, and they'll ask me these questions. And I feel like it's the same questions that I answer over and over and over again. But as I answer them, I learn so much because I, I'm able to put things in a different context for different people, and I'm learning how to communicate better. And so I, I really appreciate you guys asking me all these questions. Don't don't ever think this stuff is getting old. Um, okay. Gus, can you hear me? This is Teresa. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, um, I'm I'm trying to find you on you, you know your r4d uh, dot i n s o I guess uh, I'm trying to yeah. find you and I can't find you. Uh, it's it's r4d dot info like information info. Oh, so it's uh, r i n f o. Yes, it is. Okay, and then do I spell information? No, just I N F O. Is it F O or S O? F like Frank. Okay, I, I can't find you. Okay. Um, so what do I supposed to look under? Is there somebody else that uh, that can help you out? Yeah, I got somebody else, but um, if I if I write it down. And I can't find it. She probably won't be able to find it either. Look for redress for dummies. Just put the link on the board. Maybe she could just click onto the link on the board. 
a a a uh, a, a complaint or a claim against you, then the entity that's moving against you is moving on behalf of another man. So what you seek to know is who is that man? Are you here to protect my property, secure my rights, or are you acting on someone else's behalf? And if you're acting on someone else's behalf, then, then who is that man? Who is that woman? And when you're dealing with a corporation, the United States, the Internal Revenue Service, the Department of Human Resources, the United States, yeah, the the United States, all its all its, uh, you know, and, and every name that it's known by, including its its really low, you know, much lower subdivisions. For instance, Coca Cola, Pepsi. Uh, you know, Kleenex, for instance. I mean, everything, every corporation is an extension of government whose purpose it is to protect and secure your rights and your property. You know, Kleenex has the same obligation as the United States. They don't take an oath of office, but they have a duty and an obligation to secure and protect man's property. That's the that's the purpose of government, and every corporation in America is bound to that same uh, to that same thing. They exist as an extension of that government, whose whose duty and obligation is to secure and protect the rights and property of man. Well, Gus, I understand that corporations are all legal fictions because there's no such thing as Sears and Roebuck. There there used to be a man called J.C. Penney, but now it's incorporated. There used to be a Sears Roebuck, but now it's incorporated. It's a, it's a fictional name. How okay. do we make the same assumption or alliteration or comparison to the United States being a fiction? Or the IRS or the, you know, Bob. I see that your your see your name is Bob Jones, and I believe you're the you're acting as the judge today. And when I address you, sir, uh, is it okay if I speak to you man to man and refer to you as your honor? And uh, he's he's going to say, of course. And, and so now you've established that you're speaking man to man, and and Bob. Uh, I'm going to extend the benefit of the doubt up until you know up until today. I, I the benefit of the doubt uh, to the court, uh, you know that uh, that uh, United States is going to appear at some point and accuse me because I have the right to face my accuser. I have a right to seek forgiveness. I have a right to settle privately with my accuser, but I have no idea who my accuser is. Uh, this uh, this United States as strange of a, as a name as that might be, uh, you know, when, when's this man or woman going to come forward and uh, and accuse me under oath or affirmation so that I can give an answer to myself, a, a, an answer for myself, because uh, I have a right to answer for myself. It's, it's, it's common law. So all the law, all the ancient law, Sharia law, I don't care what law you grew up with, you have a right to bring your law forward uh, through the gate known as the Ninth Amendment. Okay. Very good. Very good. Hey, Gus, 
Yep. Yeah, so I'm just trying to work out the um when you when they talk about discovery because I've never heard that before and it just says discovery in the United States is unique compared to other common law countries. Now I'm trying to work out is that a legalese procedure or is that common law or does it fall under all laws? Well, the discovery is legalese, and okay. uh, if I remember right, if I understand it correctly, there's interrogatories, which are questions that you can ask under that that have to be answered under oath, and you're limited to uh, maybe fifty. I'm not sure. Then you have um, uh, something. It's, uh, it's called uh, request for admissions, something like that, where you say. Uh, you know, admit or deny that on July 10th it was raining in, you know, in your zip code or, you know, the place you live or whatever. So you're asking somebody to admit or deny something under oath. And I know there's a third type, and I, I can't recall right now. But, yeah, it's definitely legalese. In common law, you don't have that. In common law, you make a claim and you go into court. The jury sits and listens to what you have to say. They listen to what the other side has to say in, in their defense, and then you get one more shot to uh, convince the jury because the burden of proof is on you, and it's over. That's it. Okay. There, there is no discovery. Okay. So then if you, if you even try to bring in a discovery in your – even if, in your – could you bring it in as an exhibit? Or um, what I'm trying to say is you, if you had put a discovery in your case, wouldn't that throw it over to the statutory side? It would throw it out of common law. Well, uh, the, the rule in – I live uh, on, on New Hampshire, and the, and the rule over here, I believe it's the same everywhere uh, throughout the states, is that if you're being charged with a crime – a, a statutory crime that the charging entity, whoever's charging you, has an obligation to to give you the information uh, relevant to the case. And, and I think the reason they do that is because there's no plaintiff. There's no accuser. Okay, they're, they're never going to appear. It's a fiction. And so how are you supposed to know? For instance, if, if I... Um, if I threw a, a baseball and and uh, it, it hit your car, it made a dent in your car, and you saw me do it, you know that we both know what happened. And I can say it was an accident. I don't want to pay for it. And you can say, you know, don't be an ass. You know, just just give me eighty bucks and we'll call it even. And uh, you know, but either way, we we both know what happened. When you're dealing with a corporation, when you're dealing with a fiction, you're dealing with somebody you don't know. You have no idea what the problem is. They're coming at you and saying, you know, the code says you can only have a, a toilet that flushes 1.2 gallons. Your toilet flushes 1.6 gallons. And you, your question is, how the hell did you get into my house? You know, how, how do you know how much gallons my toilet flushes? And, and, and so you, you have no idea who these people are, what they're coming at you for, and uh, they have to provide you with that information, and that's called discovery. Okay, so on what you just told me, it's no—it's really no good in a common law claim at all. Because, no. Okay, good. Thank you. That's all I wanted to know. Thank you, love. Okay. There's a couple. 
there's a couple people. Yeah, yeah. I was just there's uh, uh, Central New York and West Maryland. Uh, Central New York, if you want to go first, and Maryland will be next. You guys both have your hands up for a while. Hey, Gus. Hey, how you doing, Jason? All right, man. Hanging in there. What's going on? Not much. Just doing my notes. Hanging out, listening to you guys. Got some good information in tonight. Good? Repeat, which is good. Yeah, well, it takes a while to... uh... Yeah, I, I I got up this morning for some reason. I I was really tired last night. I used to go to bed at three in the morning, but I went to bed at uh, at ten this morning, and I and I got up at three in the afternoon. And oh, I'm sorry, I went to bed at ten last night and got up at three in the morning. So I was listening <laughs> to Carl all night. Really messed up my schedule, and I was listening to uh, the the KMA Club uh, phone call, and I took some snippets and I I put them on my uh, talk show, but uh, yeah, it, it's really good to hear stuff over and over and over again. I yeah. heard that call a few times, and it's amazing how much uh, how much I I, uh, I I pick up on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good to hear it again because it kind of refreshes you sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it's. Uh, you know, and for those of you that are out there that have um, that have the time and want to learn this stuff, I'd recommend you start a talk show like this. And you, you know, you, you get on the Skype and you meet people, and uh, you, you get on talk show and you you know you, you you get to talking to some folks because um, helping other people out is the best way to learn. You yeah, know, help absolutely. somebody out with a traffic case or with a mortgage or Anything at all, you're not going to understand what you're doing, you know. But you got to start someplace. Yep. So what's going on with you, Jason? Got a, uh, got I, a just, I just kept on trying to look up some more stuff. Uh, you know, I uh, I got confused there for a little while. You know, you don't know. I, like like you said, and like Carl says, you better know what they're coming at you with. And I uh, yeah. spent a lot of time looking at their laws and stuff, uh, what they were trying to, you know, hide behind the lines and stuff and what they were going with. So I researched all that stuff, and then I, I researched some other shit too. But uh, just just been looking. Just been looking for more stuff that uh, fair consideration. Um, more along the lines of what we were talking about, you know, my uh, my attempts to pay my debt were declined and refused and unanswered. <clears throat> and uh, oh. been looking up more more stuff along that line. If you remain in honor and you uh, you attempt to pay your debts, and uh, you know you might not be able to pay the whole thing, but if you write letters and you establish a a record on paper that you are willing and that you're trying to remain in honor, you know Carl's um, Carl's mom uh, wrote lots of letters and, and he talks about those a lot. There's a few calls where he really gets into it, but. You know, if if you establish the record that you've been trying to pay things and they 
cause you loss, injury, or, or some kind of uh, you know, damage uh, by by pursuing you and not allowing you to to pay as you as you can. As you know, you're a man, and the government exists to secure your rights, protect your property, and they cannot harm cause harm to a man. They cannot cause a man loss or injury, and if they uh, move against you, and the only reason they're doing so is because, uh, you know, they they want the, the, you know, in your case, for instance, it's a property tax thing. So in your case, they, you know, they, they want all the property tax for that one year, and you tried to make payments. And so they they refused payments uh, because you weren't, you weren't able to pay the entire amount all at once, so they have dishonored the debt. And it's yeah. just a matter of writing it up and getting it back into the court where the judge can see it. Yeah, and you're absolutely right, Gus. When you when you when you start down this road to tell other people before they get to even my position that the more you write to offer to pay this, no matter what, you know, you go sweep off like Carl says, you go sweep off the steps, you go rake the leaves. You know, you're a man. You pay your debt, and you're not disputing the debt. But um, well, you can you dispute that, but you still have to. You have to be willing to pay. For instance, in your sure. case, you're talking about you know tax court. I mean, uh, 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 property tax. But you know, what if it's another debt? What if you have a credit card? Okay, or, right. or you have you have money you owe in a car. You know, whatever yeah. the debt is, as long as you're willing to pay. And you're making attempts to pay. You can still dispute the debt. What if right. they? Uh, what if they? What if they charged you an extra twenty nine bucks because you were you were late on a credit card payment? Right. You know, or they charged you an extra eight uh, percent. Yeah. You can still dispute that. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. So you can do both at the same time. Right. Right. Remaining, remaining in honor is is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, that's where I've been going, and uh, that's where I've been trying to find out some more different, some different things about, uh, you know, as long as I stay in honor, you know, and keep my uh, keep my word. Yeah. And all my attempts to pay, or you know, got denied, but well, they're just unanswered because they'll say they didn't decline them; they just didn't answer me. Well, we'll see what happens when you get to court. You know, right. I believe that when you put a notice right. into court to reopen the case because the judge made a decision based on a lack of information, yeah. and you present the uh, the court with the with the information uh, to support you know the evidence from the bank that the money was available that you tried to pay for six months and they sold your house anyway. Uh, you know, it's obvious they're trying to steal the house. You know, there, there, there's no debt on the house. They didn't have to pay any liens on it. Uh, you know, it's just the property tax. So uh, I, I think you're going to be in a really good position, but you have to be able to present it to the court in a manner that the court can hear you because uh, you're going to be going into a statutory court, and you're right. going to be going in with common law as a man, but you're still going into, you know, to the statutory court. Yeah, and I was uh, I was listening last week to, us, uh, to a gentleman. I can't remember where he was from, but 
he'd been trying to submit paperwork into a court and all the notices and all this other stuff. I, I listened to it again this week just to see what he was saying about it. But uh, I remember listening to it live last Wednesday. And the only thing that the court uh, actually acknowledged was the uh, uh, he, he filed a motion for a stay. And then they finally heard him. You know, I, I think, you know, is what he was saying. It's the only thing that the notice that they would ever acknowledge to put in the court record or whatever. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yep, that's correct. But all the other notices that he put in the court would either go unanswered or just got sent back, you know, declined. But that's where I was trying to look into some stays and, I was looking at all of the different angles, but I still want to stay on my uh, the main well, road. The, the investor that bought the house is going to move to have you evicted. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. And before that happens, you're you're going to need to get into the court of original jurisdiction and yeah. let the court know. And uh, you know, you sent me some information. I'm going to. I reviewed that a little bit with you the other day, but I, I've been pretty distracted this week. That's and, okay. Uh, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll help you put that together, get that into the court, and uh, and you know, the, you're, you're basically giving notice to the court that they, uh, you know, the decision was made based on on uh, limited information, and now there's more information, and it, it's very similar to uh, somebody who's in prison. And seven years later, uh, you know, evidence comes up, to, you know, proving that he, you know, the man had nothing to do with the crime. And uh, based on that new information, they they let him go. You know, you, the, the court has to rehear the matter because there's new information to be considered. Yeah, I got I got new DNA. Yeah, whatever it is. You know, <laughs> whatever it is. Well, they they went ahead and had their paper hearing without getting an invite to me. So you know that's. So you you were never in that court when they had that hearing. No, no, so I they never got, got I never got invited. I never knew a date. I never knew that what really? one guy was going to decide. So they, uh, yeah, okay, but they. they did they have you served with the uh, the decision of the court? By the mailman. <laughs> yeah, either way, you just got to get in there and notify the court with the new information. Yeah. The letters, that you, the letters that your mom wrote are going to go a long, long way. Right, yeah. And we, we came up with a few more, uh, you know, phone calls that we remembered and wrote down, but... Like, that can be hearsay, but the stuff with the emails and the letters to the lawyer for the county. It's not, it's not hearsay, okay? If if you if you have evidence, you know, on your phone, your phone records, that you called them and you say, you know, in open court under oath or affirmation, that you called right. them to make payment arrangements, unless another man comes forward and says that, that that's not true, then... Um, then it stands true. That's it. Right. Yeah, it's testimony. Absolutely. Well, You're right. 
You know, sure. there's nobody that's going to... Re- I'm sure Barbara's not going to stand up and say, oh, no, he didn't. But You've got evidence that you called the town hall, that you called the treasurer. Uh, why would you be calling him? It wasn't to ask him if he wanted to play tennis. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there, there might be other reasons, but how many possible reasons can there possibly be to call a man that you don't know uh, three or four times? Who else calls the treasurer or the tax man? For any yeah, I just wanted to make sure you were still there serving and protecting my property. <laughs> well, yeah, you, what the heck would you call him for except to, to find out what's going on? Make sure he's still there. Yeah, and if you've got letters uh, stating that you wish to make payments, uh, why won't you accept payments? And you've got phone calls going in. Chances are those phone calls are very related to the issue. So, right. you know, yeah, put all that stuff together and send me an email with all the dates. Let me see what you got. Okay, okay. We yeah, it's more all stuff. really good stuff, especially over the last two years. You know, I know. Especially, if you can go all the way back to 2013 and show that stuff, <laughs> now you're you're talking about some really good foundational stuff. Right. Yeah, actually, it was November 2013 when we were, actually, it was before that. It was a month before November that we really started, I started talking to Barbara. But. Yeah, well, you know, you've got, document document that stuff. Because if you get before the court, you can subpoena her as a witness. Yeah, yep. Now, you take the stand and you say, I went in on this day and spoke to that woman, and you know, you call her up as a witness. Did I come and talk to you on that day? She's going to say, "Well, I don't remember what day that was on." Okay, do you remember me talking to you? Yeah. And what did I talk to you about? Well, you talked about planting flowers in the garden. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's 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 pretty simple stuff. You know, she's yeah. going to say, "Well, you came in and you know." Yeah, I'm a tax collector, and you came in to talk to me about taxes. Yeah. Okay, well, what did I come and talk to you about? Well, you know, you, if I came in with with all the money to pay the taxes, then, um, you know, then we wouldn't be having this discussion. If I came in to, to say I wasn't going to pay any of these things, we wouldn't be having a discussion. So it must have been something in between. Right. It, and there's uh, there's some other stuff I dug up in the meantime, which was uh, more on the statutory part. But like I said, I'm a man going in the statutory court. But the uh, the redemption period was a lie. Uh, you're you're a man, and you're going into their court. But you can convert the court into a common law court when you get there. Right. You know, Another good thing to have is if you know anybody who's in the same predicament you're in, that, you know, they can't make full payments and they're trying to make payments, uh, hook up with them, get some letters written to the treasurer, to the uh, to that department, and get some answers back. And, you know, how come you won't accept the Hello? 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 How would you convert the court? Uh, simply by stating I'm a man. 
I'm a man. I have a right to common law. I tried to pay this debt. They refused to pay the debt, and the court uh, ordered that my property be sold, uh, you know, based on a limited amount of information because I was not invited to the court, and I'm here to let the court know the information that they did not have access to, and as a man, I require the judgment to be reversed. Hey, Gus? Yep. Don't you flip the court by just simply stating uh, the fact that you were a man? Well, absolutely. Okay. But you have to let the court know what you're looking for also. No, no, I, okay, I understand that. I just wanted to make sure this is just the fact that that word man uh, flips it. It, it does. Uh, however, uh, an imposter, a person can walk into court and say he's a man. How's the okay. judge going to know? How, how's the... How's the trier of fact going to know if you're really a man or not? By all the rest of the stuff. Oh, there's a lot of noise there. Eat yourself out if you're you're not speaking. But yeah, there, there's a whole lot more to it. You know, but in Jason's case, uh, you know. It's 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 always a package. It's always yeah, uh, you know, a bunch of notices that that are put into the court, letting the court know what you know, giving them a heads up, so that the man acting as a as a hearings officer uh, knows you know what time of day it is. Yeah, you put a bunch of you you declare in pen and in uh, pen and ink and or ink and paper, and then you then you go in there and you. You know, you ask for your court to be heard. That's all. So, Gus, is that different than making a claim, though? Well, make, making a claim is a is an entirely different thing. Thank you. Yeah, they, and it depends on what you're making a claim for. Yeah, if you're well, it, it would always be a claim of trespass. But in this case, you're filing into an existing statutory uh, proceeding. Is that right? Well, would, would Jason had a had a, a decision against him, which is based on limited information because he was not invited to the hearing. So, uh, in order to reverse that, he's going to have to enter their court, reopen the case, and as soon as it's reopened, give them notice that there's a man in court and that the man actually to to, to open the case. He can do the same thing. He can flip the court before they re, before they even reopen the case. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all going to be in one shot. It, it's uh, you know, there's going to be chance, You know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to give it a little bit more thought, but you know, basically, he's going to tell the court, "This is the information that was missing. Here's the evidence that I would have put in if I had been here." Uh, you know, this is what's happened since. You know, so you know, based on these reasons, I require the court to reverse its decision because its current decision is causing harm to a man, and government does not exist to cause harm to a man, and uh, to to uh, you know negate any further accrual of harm and injury. Uh, it, it, it's necessary and proper for this order to be uh, discharged, to be dismissed. And is is that the same or similar to avoid judgment without using that uh, 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 term of art? 
I mean, I guess, I, I guess the the results would be the same. Yeah, the results would be the same, but it's no avoid judgment. <coughs> Sorry. The avoid judgment involves other things. Yes. Uh, yeah, this would not be a void judgment. Uh, a void judgment is something that's void on its face. And yeah, it's, it's void from the beginning, you know. Yeah, it goes back to the beginning. What's they call non-tunk or something or other? Void from the start. It's a nullity. That's correct. Well, in this case, like you say, if there's new information brought forward, the court is judicially obliged to investigate it. Yeah. So in this instance, as you rightly said, you can put your own order in to effectively dismiss the existing decision. Exactly. You, you, when you put in your, uh, your notice to the court that you require the case to be reopened, uh, one of the things that you will be including is a, is a uh, an order. You yes. Know, what is it that you seek? And, and that you, effectively, you've created your own court. So you're entitled to make your own order, effectively. Yep. So that would be a dismissal or a discharge? That you no, it wouldn't order. be a discharge, it would be a dismissal. A dismissal. And, and well, you've got to give them the option to come forward at a later date, haven't you? In my case, it'd probably be discharge, right, Gus? No, it would not, okay? What you're looking for in your case is, is to... A discharge is when you've been charged. You have not been charged with anything. Okay. The the treasurer went into court and sought to sell the property for the taxes that were owed. Unfortunately, the treasurer did, forgot to mention to the judge, the man right. acting as magistrate, yeah. he, he well, they call not, it a material fact. Yes, he he left out some material facts. One of which was that you had attempted to make payments and yes. that you had attempted to remain in honor. And because yes. he left out these facts. He was able to get a decision on, you know, for himself, which benefited the county, and uh, and and caused you loss. And so you require, as a man, in their court, to have this uh, the, the the sale uh, reversed. So you're going to order the reversal of the sale, or not the reversal of the sale, but the sale to become void, and the investor who bought the property is going to have to. Uh, get his money back from the county. In this country, they say it's setting aside the order. Exactly. I don't know what they call it in the USA. Yep, set aside the order. Uh, yep, that, that's a good way of putting it. Is it? Okay. As a, yeah. As a, oh, yeah you're well, say. the thing is that anything you say, you know, if it remains unrebutted, it stands as true because right. it's your court. So unless they rebut everything you say, whatever you say is true. As a man at their court. As a man at their court, yeah. Yeah, as a man at their court. They still got to rebut these presumptions of theirs, haven't they? As a man at their court, you're going to put in a declaration stating the facts. And Mm. you're going to require that the judgment be set aside and that... uh, In this country, it's called a statement of truth. But I don't know what well, you call it. You know, well, not an affidavit because it's legalese, but, you know, words to that effect. Yeah, a statement of truth or an affidavit is legalese. You, you make a declaration yeah. which you A declaration or notice of, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. 
effectively the previous decision had no lawful validity. Could you guys hear me when I was talking? Yes. Jason, you could? I, I can't tell if the man is talking over me or maybe one of us is not. Because uh, I can hear him talking when I'm trying to talk. So I, I can hear you. I can hear you, Gus. Okay. When the British man isn't talking, I can hear you. All right. Yeah, so I, I don't know if... Uh, if my microphone mutes me out when somebody else is talking, but uh, I don't well, sometimes get a bit of a delay because I'm in the UK, you know. Yeah, it's a bit like the yeah. TV. You say something, then I hear it a few seconds later, sort of. Thing. <clears throat> hey Gus. Yep. Um, before that, before that loud noise came on and interrupted you, did you continue if you remember on the point you was making about an imposter going into court as a, uh, like a person could. Uh, going to court and claim he's a man, you was getting you was getting to something, and then that noise came on, on the line. Okay, they, well, the 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 government exists to secure and protect your property, your rights, and the uh, when you're in court, the hearings officer, the man or the woman who's in the black robe, dressed in black. Their their job is to secure and protect your property, no different than any other member of the uh, government. You know, that's what their purpose is for. That's why they exist. However, if you're in court and you're you're pretending to be, let, let's say Coca Cola goes to court and they want to be afforded the same rights as a man. Well, the judge's job is to make sure that only a man has access to those rights. That's part of his job. That's you know that that's part of his oath of office is to make sure that a man is afforded the full rights of a man, and that a person such as uh, Tylenol or or Pepsi or you know some other corporation uh, does not have the same access as a man, does not have the same rights as a man because because they don't have those rights. They're you know Pepsi and Coca Cola and and Tylenol you know their function is to secure and protect the property and rights of men no, because they are an extension of government. So, you know, when, when a judge is there, he has to, a man acting as judge has to apply the law according to the status of the person, the nature of the person. So what is the nature of the person that the court seeks? That The reason that question is so important is the nature of the man is, is created in the image of God. Whereas the nature of the person, for instance, Pepsi or Coca-Cola, is a fiction created by the government. You know, and in most cases, you know, uh, created through the Secretary of State's office. So, you know, that's the na- that's why the nature of the person the court seeks is so important. Does the does the court seek uh, a a person who is created in the image of God? Or is, does the court seek a person which is uh, created by the Secretary of State's office? That's why it's best to notice them before, you know, and that you are a man, basically. Yeah, you want to iron that stuff out before you get to court. Uh, you know, you put your notices into the court. You put notices in and you ask questions, but that's why that question is so important. Hmm. So you, so, so the... 
so the status that you just stated, which is that you're basically telling them that your status is a woman or a man, so would that go in as like a declaration of status or a notice of status? Just a notice, yeah. Okay, so notice of status would go first. And so then what would they do when they receive that? Is that something they're supposed to respond to? No, no, no. They won't you're, respond you're, to it, uh, but they're obliged to read it, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you got to let me answer the questions. Uh, it's not a notice of status. You're, you're simply giving a notice. If you look at Carl's paperwork, you'll see where he put in a notice that of, of uh, you know, notice character. So in that particular notice, he's giving notice to the court that a a character of the man is that of a prosecutor. Now, another character of a man could be a hockey player or somebody who works as a Maytag repairman. But he gave, you know, he gave notice to the court of the character so, you know, his notice says notice character. And it mm-hmm. says that, you know, the, the character of the man in this case is that of a prosecutor. And then he gave another notice of the nature. It says that the nature of the prosecutor is that of a man. So, you know, these are really, you know, one, two, three lines that you put in in your notice. Uh, study Carl's case at broadmind.org. Uh, you go you go to broadmind.org and you can click on the tab that says documents and uh, it'll give you the first 15 filings. If you want the rest of them, uh, Skype me and I'll give you all 45 of them. Uh, a lot of them are repeats, uh, very similar uh, filings that were put in to show everybody that the case was still open. A lot of people said his, his case was closed. And he says, it's not closed, and he just went in and filed something else, and it showed up on PACER. So, you know, the case is never closed. The, 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 the case remains open so long as, as there's activity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the character, the latest of the latest You're breaking up. I can't hear you. Uh, can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. So the notice of character, is it similar to the legalese term of status? Well, the, 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 I don't know. I don't speak legalese. <laughs> <laughs> That's up for you to decide. You know, um, but, but you know the answer to that. Because if, well, yeah. You're, it's, you're, you're a woman. Be creative. Call it whatever you want. No, 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 no. I, I know. I know. I got. I got to be creative in calling it that. But originally, when I was asking, should I do? Should it be a notice of status or a declaration of status? You said no. It should be a notice of character. And and so because it's, it's you're not, not saying status because that 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 really is legalese. It's not notice of character. It's right. Notice, notice character. Colon character. Mm-hmm. All lower, right. All lowercase. It's not a judicial notice. It's you know, it's just you're, you're just giving notice to the world that some you know, act as of your beliefs. Gotcha. And you know what I tend to do when I write is I'll write up what I I'll write notice colon and then I'll leave it blank because I have no idea what I'm going to call it till I get done. When I get uh-huh. done, I'll look at it. 
I'll look at it, and if you know, a lot of times I realize I just wrote two notices. I have to split them up. <laughs> and well, you you want when you give notice, you give notice of one subject matter, one idea, and that's it. You, you don't convolute the thing with a bunch of different ideas. You want stuff that the jury will eventually look at and have no I, no problem understanding what you wrote. If you write five or six different ideas and they're all intermingled in one notice, the the, the jury's not going to understand anything you wrote, and they're they're going to they're not going to pay any attention to it. So mm-hmm. whenever whenever you write a letter to someone, whenever you give notice to anybody, uh, you always do it. You know you. I've helped people write many, many letters that were all mailed on the same day to the same person, mm-hmm. but they were separate letters because there were. Let's say you write four different letters to Bob, the man acting as building inspector, and you have four different issues, and he answers two of them. Well, when you present your case in court to a, to a jury, you're going to be presenting only the two letters that the that the man did not answer. If you have all that other information and it's all in one letter, it'll be very confusing. But if you have everything separated, one one letter at a time, everything is handwritten, you know, which is the evidence that it, that it was done by a man. It was handmade. It was man-made. And you know, that's the significance of writing by hand. Is you know, you it's a man-made uh document. It's not created by a computer. I find that really important too, Gus, is uh, to separate stuff like that and to make it simple and not to conjure everything into one fucking great big blob. Because like you you don't know if you know this if you start before any process happens to you, you don't know whether you're going to court or not. It'd be easier for somebody else to read just like it's easier for you to read. Yeah, well, it also, uh, you know, handwriting. When when you when you write things by hand, you you tend to make your letter much shorter, much more direct, and on point. Uh, because who wants to write an eight-page letter? You know, it might only be three pages on the computer, but you start writing that stuff out, and you're, you're talking eight pages. You know, that's way too long. Yeah. Does it Carl actually said that too in the call with uh with uh Carl and uh Bill Thornton. He actually said that make your claims short and simple, one document for each claim, and always uh make your claims in the hand of men and in blue ink. In blue That's right. Not you can't use black. Well blue there's some people that are sensitive to the color of ink. You know, they they say you should use red, you should use green, you should use purple because you're royalty yeah, the the uh, I agree with Carl. Use blue because uh, there's a lot of different reasons, but for me, the number one reason is it doesn't. Uh, you can tell it apart from a photocopy. If you write in black, then they you know you, they they can produce a photocopy and say it's an original. So if you're always writing in blue, uh, it's not going to show up in a photocopy. You know nobody's going out there producing color photocopies. Right. I mean, they could. I use the yellow legal pad as well. There you go. Yeah, uh, I, 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 uh, 
you know, so sometimes I write stuff in landscape, and sometimes I write it in portrait. You know, what do you mean by that? Yeah, you know, so that the paper's sideways. Ah. Basically, not conforming to their form. No, I, you know, there was uh, there was one time I filed a claim, and I I, I wasn't you know, up to speed yet, and I knew it needed to be short, and it should be on one piece of paper, and uh, my handwriting's a little big, so I wrote it out on a uh, piece of eight and a half by 14 paper. Instead of the short paper. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to learn. You know, the, the, the most important thing is that you study you learn and you remain a man in common law. Stay out of the statutes. Stay out of the. Stay out of their courts. Uh, if you go into their court, the very first thing you want to do is tell them that there's a man in court that you know require the whole thing to swap over to common law, and then proceed from there. At one time recently, um, I explained that. I never gave up jurisdiction, and I asked for proof of jurisdiction. And the prosecutor stood up and said, Your Honor, uh, Jason has continued to give us jurisdiction by showing up. What the hell yep. do you mean by that? Uh, you, you, <laughs> you, you keep showing up, and uh, not just showing up, but, but showing up and discussing the issues. If you're having an intelligent conversation with them, uh, then you're acknowledging that they exist, and the fact that you acknowledge that they exist gives them jurisdiction. Ah, so I can reverse that at any time, correct? I I believe you can. Yeah, I, I, you know, you're a man. You're fully, you know, you're fully capable of doing whatever it is you wish to do. Well, it's the prosecutor's responsibility to state the jurisdiction that he's holding you under. Okay, so the prosecutor... If you you challenge that right off the bat, it stops the proceedings until the prosecutor is willing to clear that up. Yes. uh, However, you have to challenge it in a way that does not acknowledge your understanding of the law, of of the code. Sure. And and one way, I believe, is to state that you simply don't understand the nature of the action as it applies to personal jurisdiction and venue, until the prosecution alleges them. Well, if you're, uh, if, you're talking, a... if you're talking like an attorney, it's going to be very difficult to, to prove that you don't understand anything. Uh, dumb it down, right. Yeah, you're right. You, you want to completely stay away from all their type of language, is what you're saying, right? Huh? Yeah, you, you, you know, I, I'm a guy, I dig ditches, I don't know what you guys are talking about. You know, I, I pay my taxes. I do all the stuff that I'm supposed to do. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. You know, and if you talk like that, if you talk in the language of a common man, then you are a private man. You are not in their society. If you speak like they do and you use their terms and their words and you can communicate effectively on their level, then don't expect to be treated as a private man. Good point, Gus. Never thought that would be an advantage. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
It's all upside down. Well, it's, you know, it, it's just the way it is. Well, you had that, uh, said you had on your site, you sent me that, uh, about four or six pages on the difference between a person and, a, and an individual, person and a man. Yeah. And in that dissertation, he says, if you ask the average person on the street uh, about that aspect of law that discusses how to bring prosecution upon a, an individual, they would assume, yeah, yeah, right, right, what about that? Well, there is no such thing. They just create that out of thin air. The law is not written in terms of how it can be applied against you. It's just It just exists as a body of, of of uh, a statute of of law, but not in this application to you. Well, Carl I, says I law say. is Carl says law is expressed, not implied. So it has to specifically express you. Correct. Well, yeah, exactly. And uh, one of the things that I was doing before I started, uh, you know, following what Carl was teaching and, and learning. His his approach to law was I was studying redress uh, in New Hampshire, you know, the, the redress petitions, the redress process. And so I studied the New Hampshire Constitution, and, and Article 38 of our Bill of Rights, uh, it, it, the, the, you know, up until 1966, it was the last word in the Bill of Rights says that uh, the legislature can only create law, which is... Uh, necessary for the good administration of government. So if the law is created for the good administration of government and the government's purpose is to secure and protect rights, that paints a very clear picture. Uh, you know, I can understand that. And when I go to court, uh, my question is, you know, who, you know, if I have not, if you're not, if I am not here because some man has sworn a, a claim that I have caused harm, injury, loss of some sort, then 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 why am I here? You know, you must be here to secure and protect my property or somebody else's property. But you know, I'm not coming in here because my toilet flushes an extra four ounces of water. You know, that's ridiculous. You guys, you know, these laws are created to. Uh, for, for the good administration of government. So a lot of the codes and statutes and ordinances are created for the efficiency of government, not for the controlling of men. You know, we, we require that our government, or you know, we are self-governed, but this government that we've created be efficient, as efficient as possible in, in doing its job, which is to secure and protect property and rights. So if it's going to be efficient, it needs to pass laws. It needs to make regulations so that it doesn't waste our money. It doesn't waste just money that we all pay in taxes. And in doing so, uh, you know, it creates these statutes and these ordinances, which are fine, but don't try to apply that crap to me. That, you know, that, that all that stuff is created uh, for the good administration of government. It, it's not created so that you know, everybody's toilet flushes the same way. You know, they just take this stuff way too far. There's a guy in California by the name of Ben. Uh, Ben's really well-versed on the uh, tax, the property tax laws in California. And I, I posted one of his clips 
actually, let me take a look. It's on my talk show. Uh, I posted it last night. Should be episode 46, 45. Um, looks like 44. Oh, I didn't post it. Okay. I haven't posted that one yet. But, uh, you know, the, these, uh, the property tax was created... Uh, I think in nineteen in, in uh, 1857, when uh, California first was organized, and it was established in order to collect money from uh, certain entities, not uh, corporations, not not uh, from man. And it's very clear what the property tax was for, and uh, they've hidden that from the public. So you know he talks about that stuff, but it. It's the same thing in California in the 1850s as it was here in New Hampshire in the 1870s. It, it was for the good administration, uh, the 1780s rather. It, it's for the good administration of government to make sure they don't waste our resources. You know, the building codes are very similar. You know, there, there's a man cannot be controlled by the government which which he has created to secure his, his property. Gus, can you help uh, explain when and, and what's, under what circumstances a claim is used as opposed to a notice? Are those the two basic ways to interface with the courts uh, from a common law standpoint? If you're making a claim, you're, you're claiming that Either a man or some other entity uh, caused you an injury, a harm, or a loss. You're making a claim that there is a debt or there's there's something going on, and when you make a claim, you you make that claim your own. It's a standalone item that you file into the court, and you're making a claim. Now, if you uh, you know that's a claim in one sense. In another sense, uh, let's say you're in their court and you claim that you know, uh, I, you know I'm a man. I, I have a right to common law. I evoke common law, and if nobody shows up within the next ten minutes to verify this debt, I require the matter discharged. You know you're you're making a claim. So you know the making a claim applies in both ways. But so, I think in the sense that you were asking, it's got more to do with you know starting your own case. A notice, on the other hand, is, uh, for instance, what I just said. If you're a man in their court, you give them notice that you're evo- you, you evoke your right to common law. If you're putting a notice into your case, into a common law case, you're you're setting the ground rules for uh, what's going on and and how the court is to uh, address you, the man. You might give uh, you might give a notice of what the court rules are in your case. If you choose to to move forward according to the rules of civil procedure, or if you choose to move under the uh, the Hammurabi Code, whatever it is that your rules are, you you give notice to the court so that everybody knows what the rules of court are. So, so we've heard Carl say, um, "Don't go in as a defendant. Follow your own case. Follow your own claim." And uh, not as a cross claim, of course, but as a 
but but as a claim entered into and asked to be heard at the same time, is another way to approach that is to use a notice and flip the courts by the verbiage that you use and what you put in the writing. Is is it pretty much the same thing, but it's being called two different things? Say, say, uh, ask that question again. Okay. Um, if if you're dragged into the court as a defendant, what are the what are there, is there more than one way to uh, to handle that in a common law way? Is one way to file a uh, a claim, it, 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 which would sort of like be a counterclaim? Well, the the very first the very first thing is if somebody's bringing you into their court, is to establish who it is that's bringing you into their court. Do they have a claim? Are, are they claiming that you owe them a debt? Are they claiming that you have caused them injury? What What are they claiming, and what right do they have to speak to you as a man? I'm a man. I, I don't have to answer to a corporation. That corporation exists for my benefit. What benefit are you providing me? Are you, are you claiming, is there a man claiming a harm, injury, or loss? So that's the first thing you wish, you know, you're, you're going to wish to establish. And uh, you're going to require uh, to be on the record. You know, there, there's also the law. Uh, you know, the, the 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 if there's a contract, then you you know you have a contract to perform a specific duty. So if you agreed by contract with a with you know Pepsi or Kleenex or Tylenol, you know, if you have a contract with a person, then you have an obligation to fulfill that contract. You know, that's the law of the case. So, you know, you, those those are the things you have to establish. If somebody's bringing you into their court, you know, why are you going? You know, who is this? What's the nature of the of the uh, the plaintiff? Will the plaintiff appear? To verify, you know, who's going to verify the debt? Because if it's a contract, the the breach of contracts uh, has caused the person some kind of a debt, and you're going to require that debt to be verified. So some, you know, one way or another, there's going to have to be a man or a woman that's going to step into the court because you, you know, even under contract law, you have a right in common law to uh, to to face your your accuser. And nobody can compel you to move forward until that happens, right? Uh, that's my understanding. Yeah, and like I said, you know, these are my beliefs today. As yeah, I learn uh, more, you know, I, I'll, I'll share more with you guys, but that's where I'm at right now. That's very helpful. Yeah. In my own case, it was a foreclosure, so it was a contract dispute, but it, it got way, way past the point before I heard of Carl. So... It's it's after the fact now. So. Well, it may be after the fact, but uh, who came forward to verify the debt? Well, that hadn't been done uh, other than to bring it into open court and uh, a uh, bearer note and and mortgage into open court. Okay, who that, verified uh, that the note was the original note? Wasn't done. It wasn't done, but it was passed as such because I wasn't there. Okay, so you know you you give notice to the court that you're revoking your right to common law and that you require the debt to be verified. You, re you require uh, the, the holder or the holder in due course 
whatever you know, whatever way you want to describe it. But you know, whoever who's entitled to enforce the note, all right? And, and the only way you're ever going to know that is to get a, an accounting of the account to find out who's the lawful possessor of the debt instrument. Yeah, you know, they, they, at one time it might have been Chase, but who is it today? How do you know that when you got to court that the note wasn't sold two days before? You don't know. And so the only way to know is to have a man on the stand verifying the information. And if that didn't happen, you know, you're, if, if you're dealing with an attorney, you know, you forget about it. They're never going to go there. But, but you know, as a man, you have a right. An attorney cannot uh, demand your rights. An, an attorney cannot evoke common law on your behalf. They, you know, they, an attorney cannot require that your rights not be not be violated. Okay, you can only assert your rights as a man in person, live and direct in the courtroom. Yes. Yep. So, so nobody comes forth and verifies the debt. Then what? Well, then there's no debt. But do you still act honorably to the corporation? And then if, at that point, do you uh, renegotiate some contract with no interest in something? Say, yeah, I can only pay uh, $500 a month on my mortgage now. Uh, That's up this. to you. you know, I, I don't know what works for you, but uh, you know, for me, I'm willing to pay whatever I owe, and that's it. You know, not a penny more, not a penny less. You, you show me that I owe that money, and I'll pay it. And if I can't pay it all at once, I'll make payment arrangements. You bring up an interesting question because that's what I, that was my solution to this whole thing was to, and that I'm in the process and Gus is helping me write letters. I've, the second letter has been sent to the, to the plaintiff, to the creditor, uh, attempting to settle up, uh, to accept the uh, the total that they say and that is due, and and I want to make payments accordingly. So, my uh, my my thought going forward is at the at the point in which I'm. I'm tired of writing letters or tired of being ignored or addiction approaches. Which 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 of the of the numerous avenues to, to pursue uh, is it uh uh dishonor dishonoring my presentment or failure to uh for the plaintiff to appear or failure of the affidavit to be valid uh or rather the, uh, the, the proving of thumbs by uh, uh August, uh, you know, robo signers, or you know, which of the three or all three or, or, or four do do I go after? And I, I suppose that one one notice per per charge, or one notice per uh, or one filing per notice. How does that set? Uh, a lot of the stuff you're talking about, you're you're mixing the, the common law stuff with the statutory stuff. Uh, the the, bot, the bottom line is: is there a debt? That is true, due and owing, and and that that's it. There is no other question. So, in order to know what the debt is, you have to have an accounting of the account. In order to know who the debt is owed to, you have to know who is holding the note, who is the lawful possessor of the note. So, everything comes down to the same thing: Is there a debt that is do that is true and is owing 
at this time. In order for there to be a true debt, somebody has to take the stand and verify that debt. They have to verify somebody. It might be the same man you know, that, that, that verifies the, the account. You know, the, the, you know, that can present an accounting of the account and, and show the court that uh, on this day, this amount of money was borrowed and this is what happened to the money, A to Z. And, and verify, you know, I think it's an impossible task, but what do I know? I'm not an accountant. You know, I, I don't know how this stuff works, but I, I know that if a man verifies a debt in court and he can prove that he is the lawful owner of the debt instrument of the, you know, he's the he's lawfully entitled to collect on that debt, and so on. If he if he ver if a man verifies all these things, then great. I owe you fifty three thousand two hundred eighteen dollars and fourteen cents, and let's make a deal. But un until that time comes, uh, I wish to remain in honor. Don't you wish to remain in honor? Don't you wish to show me the debt and and verify it? Why why should I believe you? You know, you're not you're not my dad. You're not my mom. You're not my cousin. You know, we, we don't have that kind of a relationship where I'm just going to believe you because you showed up and say I owe you two hundred eighteen thousand dollars. You know, you, let's both be in honor. Let's go to a neutral court and present the information to the court, verify it under oath, and we'll both go home happy. Gus is on fire tonight. Good show, Gus. I'm, <laughs> yes, glad it, I'm glad we got this started. Well, you know, what, you know what happened is I've been listening to Carl for the last two days. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I spent so much time writing and answering questions that I don't tune in. And, you know, I'm just hearing so, myself talk. And so listening to Carl, is, you know, I'm back on track. Well, I mean, I I know then going that route, I'm pretty sure I can get mortgages and credit cards because there isn't going to be a man to come verify. I understand that. But I, I, wouldn't it just, I okay, I know I would feel like shit knowing I can get away with that. I don't oh, know exactly. how you guys would go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you owe money, pay the damn, you know, pay the money. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, you don't. Hello? Well, one of the problems with the uh, with foreclosures and, and you know there's there's so much underhanded bullshit going on. You know, one bank, you know, they they, they I mean, the crap that's going on with foreclosures is ridiculous. Well, now, that's where I was. I'm sorry. Go ahead. If they can verify that they're the, the holder of the note, great. You know, at least you know who it is you owe money to, and and if you know. I mean, how hard can it possibly be? You know, I signed a piece of paper. That piece of paper is worth $293,000 to you, and now you can't find it? What, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. No, I understand it. So, so the cool part is, uh, what I'm saying is, even if, so let's just say we, if we do get the judgment for nobody coming forward, what I'm saying is just trying to be in, in honor and saying, all right, well, now let's renegotiate a contract that I, as a man, am comfortable with. I'll shoot you guys $500 a month for the next 40 years. Uh, I, I know I can do that. That's that for a fact I can do with no interest, no nothing else. Uh, I, it's my judgment. I'm willing to work out something else with you guys. You guys want to take it or not. And, and they, they might be willing to take that $500 just to show that they're going to be an honor and they, they'll still take that money versus the judgment and not get anything. Well, they have no choice. You know, you agree there's a debt and you're willing to pay it. And if, 
you know, if all you can afford is $417 a month, then that's all you can afford. And if you can afford more, you'll pay more. You know, it's just... Is that through the courts, or is that can you can you organize that through the bank? No, you just, it's just it's a, that's a contract. You just renegotiate the debt with whoever it is that uh, that you owe the money to, and you come to a new agreement that you're gonna you're gonna pay uh, the balance due in, in a certain amount of increments, and you know you, you just uh, renegotiate. You know, what if, no, what, if no the, what if the bank what if the bank Say no, we're not renegotiating. What if they say that? If the bank is not willing to negotiate, if the bank is not willing to, uh, to if if they first of all, if they can prove that there's a debt, and when it comes to a okay. mortgage, the reason I they can terminate, they can call that note in uh, at the drop of a hat. The problem well, is. That's what they. That's what they've done to a friend of mine. Well, I don't really know her, but um, that's what they did. They, um, she was behind on the payments. When she found out she was behind, she started paying the payments again, and they just took the house off her. They actually got removalist vans in um, and charged her to remove all the items, and now she's left with no house and the, not only the the mortgage to pay, but she's also left with removal vans um, bill as well. Yes, but did they prove in court that they had the uh, the legal, uh, you know, that they had the right to to to? Uh, what happens with the mortgages is they sell the note, they sell the debt from one to another, they transfer it around, and that's you know that that's where the confusion comes in. You have one company that's saying that you owe them the money, and Two months later, somebody else is claiming you owe them the money, and next thing you know, you know one bank is foreclosing on you, and you have no idea who you actually owe the money to. You don't know how much money you owe, and it, it's just a real mess. And you know, you want to remain in honor, you know, but fair is fair. Okay, you, you're telling me I owe a debt. At least show up and tell me what the debt is. Don't just be throwing numbers into the courtroom. You know, an attorney's got no first-hand knowledge whatsoever. I don't know what the heck they're doing in there talking. You know, you either verify. They're giving offers of proof, and they're not supposed to give offers of proof unless the man or the woman that can verify that that uh, that offer of proof is in the room to verify it. And if you have any questions, you're supposed to question it. You're supposed to say, hey, I require the man to take the, you know, take the stand and suffer cross-examination under the penalties of perjury. Hey, Gus, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, uh, Gus, I just wanted to make a comment on the stuff you've been talking uh, right now. It seems to me that if uh, you require a man or a woman to verify the debt and nobody steps forward, there is no debt. If, if, let's say, they come up with a... If somebody steps forward and they verify, then you can be in honor an offer to be paying, uh, I mean, you can't do both. You can't be asking, uh, uh, you can't be asking for somebody to verify the debt, a man or a woman to verify the debt, and then offering to pay. Whom, whom are you paying? I mean, maybe you can offer, you can offer to pay something to the court and the courts to hold it, 
in escrow for the time that somebody is going to step forward and uh, bring the note and uh, swear under penalty of perjury that they're the holder of the original note. Uh, it doesn't seem it me it seems like you're of of two minds if you're trying to be in honor by renegotiating the debt on the one hand and on the other hand who who are you renegotiating it with if nobody stepped forward to verify the debt then uh, it seems like a uh, a useless exercise to to try to renegotiate something that possibly doesn't exist well Here, it, 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 the complication sets in because the debt may be owed in fact by shareholders of a corporation so you can't get a live body to come forward and say I'm I'm harmed uh, in the manner that you're speaking of. Uh, but yeah, still, but that's not that's not your problem. Well, it and, is. And the other it, thing it, is, only in so far as it's your problem only in so far as you wish to stay in honor. Uh, if, well, if, if if that's bothering your conscience, it doesn't bother mine. Yeah, well, see the uh, you know you can you can talk to the the lawyer for the bank and say, look, we both know I owe something. I don't know how much it is, and neither do you. So I'll tell you what, let's agree on uh, on an amount and on a payment schedule and on an interest rate, and and we'll continue on from there. And I'm and, working on I'm I'm working on that very thing, but it but it uh, again the just as the woman is asking, what if you know, and it's hypothetical for me at this point, what if no one ever answers? And, and well, moves forward. You had advised me not to abandon the property, which I love to hear. Uh, but then, how does that conclude? Or, or, or do, well, you, do you really? If you if you abandon the property, for instance, uh, Carl was talking to a, a man a couple of days ago, and I was on the phone with Carl. We were talking to this guy in Pennsylvania, I believe, and he was explaining to the man that when you what happens is you go to the, you know, they, 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 uh, the Department of uh, Children and Family Services or whatever, these, these uh, entities that take your kids, you know, they'll tell you, you got to bring your kid in so that we can check out the kid and make sure the kid's healthy and the kid's still okay. And you walk into the hospital and uh, you turn the kid over to some nurse or somebody and, uh, next thing you know they disappear your kid's gone and the state has taken your kid and they claim that you you gave the kid up because you voluntarily handed the kid over to somebody else and in the same way uh, the bank will say you abandoned your property if you move out now you gave it up you walked away well I agree with you I agree with you 100% but so the sheriff comes and you had said um, meet, uh, meet the sheriff beforehand and and tell them that uh, uh, please let you let me know when you're going to come so I can have coffee and cookies for you. Uh, you well, not gonna... yeah. <laughs> well, I love it. I love it. Uh, well, but you, you said you want to you want to let the okay. A lot of people, you know when the sheriff shows up at a property and he's going to bring somebody he's going to take somebody off the property. You know they're going to be changing the locks. They're going to be showing up with a dumpster. They're going to be emptying your personal contents. Yeah, you know, if you've got something that's valuable to you, get it the hell out of the house. You know, you leave only the bare minimum until uh, your stuff gets ironed out. But you know, first and foremost, let the sheriff know that uh, you're not leaving uh, voluntarily. However, that you don't pose a threat. I'm not 
trying to be an asshole. I'm just letting you know that I'm not going to abandon the property, and I'm not sure how to work this out. But um, you know, yeah, I, I, I just want you to make sure. I, I want to make sure you know that I'm not going to pull out a gun. I'm not going to shoot anybody. There's not going to be any violence. I I just uh, you know I I need you to take me off the property in handcuffs because I'm not leaving voluntarily. However, uh, I'm not going to cause any damage. I'm not going to throw a fit. I'm not going to punch anybody. You know, this is only so that I have standing in court later because I can't abandon the property. So when I resist, I just want you to know, you know, don't break my arms. Don't get violent with me. I'm not going to get violent with you. And if you, you know, if you give me an hour's notice, I'll have some coffee waiting for you. <laughs> you know, I mean, what? I, I don't know. I don't know how to. I've never had this experience, so I'm not yeah. sure okay. how to handle it. Well, I, I don't think that you have to tell them to get you with handcuffs because in the moment you volunteer to get the handcuffs, you may get arrested. Uh, you just have to keep your hands down and. Uh, uh, be very polite with them, and for for you to move, somebody got to put a hand on you. So in the moment they push you, you go where they push you. In the moment they stop pushing you and just give you verbal commands, uh, you know, you should uh, say that you're not abandoning your property, but be, be very humble and uh, and tell them that... Uh, you cannot. Uh, you're not abandoning your property unless you're. You know, you're physically pushed out of the property, and you're not going to resist or anything. But uh, you want to make sure that they have it in their report that uh, you did not abandon the property, and they had to put their hands on you to push you out of the property. You know, something along that line is what I would do if it was me. Got it. So that's the bottom line. The report reflects that you you did not. Voluntarily abandon the property. You've been the, and they have, have to put, and, and maybe to put that they have to put their hands on you to yeah. uh, to get you out of this property. And you uh, and you may uh, and you may have a recorder on your own to record the whole event, just so you later when you're signing an affidavit or something, or maybe have some witnesses with you that can testify to the facts of how you got removed from the property. And this is after you indemnify the bond. This is after what? Well, if they show up to your house with a warrant, you're supposed to ask for the bond with the warrant. That's right. So before they come onto your property, you make sure they have the bonds, and then you indemnify the bond. Yeah, okay. So you can be asking for this bond. Every time I'm not voluntarily abandoning my property, show me the bond. That's yeah, right. you can just repeat one thing like a parrot, and I'm talking that from experience because I've done things along that line, not so much uh, uh, in regards to uh, 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 a property, but, uh, you know, when get, uh, getting unlawfully detained or arrested, uh, you know, I would not make one one step or do anything that I'm told uh, until uh, until somebody puts their hands on me and I'd be asking for original claim or something that they can present to me for my inspection, and, uh, you know, they never they never have anything. Well, sometimes they may, but in most cases, they have nothing on them that they can present to you in terms of a claim. Yeah, the, the, other, thing about, the other thing about that bond is uh, you have to make sure that the bond covers 
more than just twenty dollars worth of you know of items. Yeah, that that you you have to secure the bond, remove it from the location. You have to uh, be able to read what the bond covers, what the bond does not cover. You know, there's a lot of information you need to get on that bond. If that bond covers only uh, the grass in the yard, then uh, you know that's not going to do any good when they when they you know knock over your uh, your Harley motorcycle. Good point, Gus. Good point. So you really got to read that bond, or have a lawyer read it, or know how to read it. Good point. Yeah. So then, before you allow the officer to come across the threshold, you ask for a bond that's attached to the warrant. Well, you, you, if you're if if you're talking about a foreclosure, yes, you the, the answer is the, the short answer is yes. In Richard's case, he's talking about a foreclosure, and eventually they're going to do an eviction process. Yeah, you know, and it depends on what stage of the game he you know he can uh, pursue this at. You know, step in in common law. But if you know that the sheriff's coming over to evict you, then you know. You, before this process goes too far, you should be giving notices. You should have notices served on the sheriff's department, letting them know that when they show up, they need to have a bond. You need you need 48 hours notice. You you know that that you plan on being peaceful, and that you know the reason you're asking all these questions is to secure your standing in law. And you know you, you want to establish a, a, a lengthy communication with the officers, you know, the deputies that are going to be showing up. You know, I uh, I was in trouble for, you know, a while. I was on probation for five years. And uh, my ex-wife, uh, you know, she was terrified of me. She she told everybody, you know, that I was dangerous and all this stuff. She uh, She made these claims that I was trying to kidnap my daughters and run out of the state with them. And I ended up being forced to go into supervised visits to, just to see my daughters. So I spent five years seeing my daughters in supervised visits at $40 every Friday night for two hours. And I got to know everybody who worked, well, not everybody, but I got to know a lot of the deputies uh, that worked for the sheriff's department. These are awesome people. They're, they're very, very different from other law enforcement uh, because they – the, the the sheriff is elected, and so everything that the deputies do reflect on the sheriff, and he's going to be held accountable for everything they do in the elections process. These, these people were extremely professional, and I developed some really cool relationships regardless of the, you know, the nastiness of all the other crap that was going on. Uh, but, uh, you know, these, these people are really cool. And yeah. That's in my experience as well. Yeah, you should establish that relationship with them uh, long before when they show up. I mean, they should be walking up. Hey, Henry, you know, uh, it's you know, it's today. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, you know, I'm glad it's you, Bob, and not somebody else. You know? <laughs> yeah. You now, should have the, that relationship. It, is the bond removed from from uh, either of the sheriff's holding or mine? Is it removed by a third party? Absolutely. Yep. I would bring that bond to my attorney, and I would let the sheriff know, look, before you come, I require a bond, and I require that bond to be delivered to uh, my attorney or to the bank and put into a safety deposit box. 
uh, a safe deposit box or something like that. You, you, you want to secure the bond, and there's a... Uh, Gus, could you explain a little bit more about what is this bond that you're talking about? A bond is an insurance policy on a warrant. Okay, so if they have a warrant for your eviction, there should be a bond that's connected to this warrant. Is that correct? That's correct. And they, uh, if they have a warrant for your arrest, if they have a warrant to search your house, if they have a warrant to do anything, the warrant needs to be bonded. And would they, like normal, would they normally have such house. a bond? Would they normally have this bond on them or no? No, no, they never have the bond. They don't, even, uh, even if you require it, if they put a notice on your property and they say, we're coming in 72 hours or whatever, and you send a letter to them that if they're coming, you're requiring them to bring the bond, even then they would not bring the bond in your experience, or, or do you know? I, I don't have that experience. I, don't, I, uh, I haven't been there yet. The experiences of people that have talked to you? Uh, for, well... Well, Carl has Carl has mentioned it, and and all he said yeah. is that the officer leaves. <laughs> all, all I can do is tell you what I've heard. Uh, you know, Carl mentioned, and mm -hmm. that's uh, that that's uh, you know. Let me grab that chair away from you. Hey, Gus, uh, the, way, the way I remember Carl talking about it was just like a plumber or an electrician or. Any exactly. company that would come to your home, they would require a bond in case, you know, they drill a hole in the wall and hit a spark and catch the whole house on fire. Anybody, any service that comes to your home generally has general liability or a bond of some sort so that if they cause any damage, they're covered. Meaning you don't want to go after the police officer for 50 bucks. You want to go after the bond. So if they're coming with a warrant, just like the Guyana lady, he said, where's your warrant? You know, in case you break the baby. So it's kind yep. of the same thing for almost any situation when there's a warrant for your arrest or whatever. You just say, no problem, but give me the bond to make sure that if you harm me, I can protect myself and my property. Yeah. Is there, is there a lawful or legal requirement for them to bring the bond along with the warrant? I believe there is. I don't. I have not tracked it down yet. I have not uh, found. Uh, well, I haven't looked for it. You know, it, it'd be it'd be uh, wonderful if you guys tracked that down. That's a good homework assignment. Well, I, I, I think that the, the point of law is that you, as the property owner, have uh, the right to stipulate the rules by which your guests will come into your home uh, and that's and and uh, uh and, and although it, it, uh, Carl has talked about a conversation he had with a sheriff who wanted to come into his sister's home and take her property and he simply required a bond and the cop after he was done spit being spitting mad said thank you for knowing the law well he actually said he uh he had a uh, lien on his sister's uh stuff so uh, and where has it been recorded in his in his head, and that uh, he spoke it with his mouth, pointed at his mouth. Well, yeah, it's not just that, but he's saying even when he was doing service calls for some company, that 
he was impressed when a homeowner would say, can I have your insurance, before he would walk in because they knew the law. And that is the law. If I call Southern California Edison or DWP or anybody, before their people walk onto the property to do their work, I can require the bond. And from what I understand, Carlson, that's from anybody. I'm in construction myself, and I know I can't go work on someone's home without proving workers' comp and liability. But I think this goes all around the board that any human being that walks onto your property needs to either be invited or a required bond be you know showed so that they can come on. So if they damage anything, you have recourse. Is what I believe. So it's almost a common law nowadays that uh, you step onto another man's property to do work, you should be covered. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, but I, I also wanted to add to that what Carl said that the officer said back to him. After the officer tried to argue with Carl and get and get him to allow him to go into his sister's home, Carl wouldn't, you know, he kept talking about the bond, and finally the officer said, thank you. Thank you for knowing the law. Because the yeah. officer did not want to go into the his sister's home, did not want to well, go into the property. So. The officer is, is commanded by his uh, by his superior to do something, and the only way he gets away with not doing it is if on the other side somebody says something that is persuasive enough that when he comes back to his commander, say, hey, I couldn't yep. couldn't do it because the man knew his rights. He asked for a bond. I didn't have one. So, you know. Well, it's going to be a case by case. What, what I imagine would happen is uh, they would call back to the to to the superior officer and uh, in, inquire, you know, what do we do next? This guy's asking for a bond. Uh, he's claiming that we have to have a bond, that the bond has to be here 48 hours ahead of time. And, you know, if, um, you know, if the warrant is, is to look for uh, methamphetamines, uh, I don't think the cop's going to really care about whether you like the idea that he's got no bond or not, and he's not going to wait for you to even ask the question. You know, that shit can be flushed down the toilet, uh, you know, and that's it. Now, on the other hand, if the cop shows up and he's got a warrant to search your house for a stolen piano, then uh, there's no rush because you're not going to flush that down the toilet. You know, so it, it depends a lot on the circumstances. And there's, uh, when, you're, when you read some of the case law that's out there, it's kind of interesting the way they look at that stuff. You know, on an eviction, if you're talking about an eviction, what's the hurry? We're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we gave you two weeks' notice, so where's the bond? The other thing, Gus, that I was uh, talking about uh, in my uh, Skypes to you was um, you had said, well, you, you, you like in the case of, of Jimmy, who was, at, and Carl was saying that until he's evicted, there is no harm, so you cannot make a claim uh, uh, against the bank for having defrauded the courts in, in recording uh, the, the falsity that they had were the highest bidder. But what what I was also referring to is that at times, 
if you can see them breaking the law while they you know, are prosecuting you, does it make sense to bring these these uh, these facts up to get them to drop their case? Well, the the thing about, uh, for instance, if you believe they're committing barratry, then you start writing letters. You send them a very nice letter, Bob. I believe that you have no case, that you there is no plaintiff, that you're you're only doing this, you know, to uh, unjustly enrich yourself, and I require you to cease and desist immediately. You know, to, for for you to continue will cause me harm, injury, loss, whatever you want to say. And, and you know, but you, you you send them a notice, you send them a letter, uh, just a letter, man to man, and uh, you know, follow that up with another letter. And you know, when you send the letter, ask a couple of questions. You know, do you believe uh, this is okay? Do you believe there is a law that that requires me to do such and such a thing? And if uh, if you don't get any response, you follow it up. But you know, those letters are going to be used as evidence later to go after the man or the woman that has caused you harm or or a loss of some sort. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the uh, as you were saying, when uh, in foreclosure, if it takes place over the course of, uh, in, as in my case, four years, uh, and and the the plaintiff uh, or the nominee, you know, they interchange the word plaintiff with the actual owner of the debt and nominee. They're just a shuffle game. So, uh, but it, it has gone through a number of different transitions uh, from Chase to Chase Home Finance to a company called Sotheby's, and then finally awarded to uh, Fannie Mae, who apparently was the original owner all along, but never would they disclose this to us. So you couldn't negotiate with the, the plaintiff because you didn't know who it was. Uh, but uh, keeping track of the, the figures of what is due, <laughs> as, you, as, you may, as, you, as you do well imagine, is a, is a daunting task. And they have messed that up several times. But uh, here in my county, if you just barely meet the requirement of the law, uh, of, the, of the rule rather, what it takes to be an affiant, what, it, what, it, what is required to bring the, you know, an affidavit to those numbers, if you just barely meet the requirement, they rubber stamp it and it goes through. So now when I'm done with my attorney, which I've, you know, I've attempted to let the two-dimensional world run out, and now, now, now I am a man who's being harmed. So when I come forward, uh, the question in my mind is, do I try to, Avoid the judgment, or rather, get avoid judgment because they're they never met the requirement of the of the affidavit uh, properly, the robo signs and so on. Um, they never validated the debt in the end. Uh, even even not just that the plaintiff never brought never appeared, but under their own rules they didn't uh, do it. So it it becomes volley in my mind as to, as to the most viable route to take. Does that, does that any that make sense to anybody? It does make sense, and what you're looking for is uh, for all information, the, the standard that you want them to meet is that all information, all facts must be verified in open court under oath or affirmation. 
Okay, verified okay. means a man has to take responsibility for speaking the fact into existence on the record. So when a man presses the record under oath or affirmation, he is now subject to the penalties of perjury. And so unless there's a man willing to suffer the penalties of perjury for his his words on the record, then what credibility should the court give to anything that's put into court? Well, Gus, what happens if they tell uh, Judy from front desk to go in court and say that, for the best of her knowledge, this, this is the original um, the original notes that they're putting into court? Would that yeah. be enough? Yeah, and to the best of my knowledge, it's not. Okay, big deal. Mm-hmm. Is that okay, the well, real note? Is that the original note? Is that the amount that I owe? Do I owe two hundred and thirty dollars, or do I owe four hundred and sixty dollars? Which one is it? You know, if you don't know, then shut up and get off the stand. You either tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and, and that's all there is to it, or not. Okay. Now, as for me, if you put me on the stand and you ask me to tell you the truth, I'll tell you. I, I don't know the truth. Only God knows what's true. I can only tell you what I believe. And, you know, and that works for me because I'm a man. But, you know, if you show up as the bank officer who's holding the paper, the accounting of the account, you better know what the heck you're talking about. To the penny. Okay. And uh, my other question is you mentioned earlier in the conversation that an affidavit is a legalese and um, declaration is uh, common law. However, when I was helping people uh, fight for their properties in um, Southern California some years ago, all, all the attorneys for the banks or the opposing side were putting in was declarations. They never put affidavits. They always put in declarations. So yep. my question is, which is uh, which is the statement under penalty of perjury that is not legalese that we should use? Is it declaration, statement, affidavit, or something else? Well, a declaration is what a man makes, okay? The Declaration of Independence was made by man, and it was giving notice to the world that we were tired of King George. Okay, that was not an affidavit. Uh, when you put a declaration into the court under oath or affirmation, you're doing it as an affidavit in a statutory case. However, as a man, you put in a declaration. Either way, uh, both the affidavit and the declaration have to be verified in open court. They don't stand. Neither one of them can stand unless they're verified in open court. So, you know, they can declare or they can they can make affidavits all they want. But until the man comes forward, takes the stand, and sits there under the pains and penalties of perjury to verify the words that are on that paper, I don't care what you call that paper, that paper is garbage unless that man is sitting on the stand willing to accept liability for his words. Okay, so the declaration, uh, if you're writing a declaration... <laughs> In, in in common law, you will still put some type of a verbiage uh, saying that it's under penalty of perjury or something like that, or no? 
No, no, you just say, uh, you know, I, I say here and we'll verify in open court that all herein be true. And that's it. You go to court, when you walk in the court, you have to make sure that you verify your paperwork. So the minute you walk in the court, you you tell you tell the the man acting as uh, as the hearings officer, Bob, uh, you can call me Gus. And uh, when I address you man to man, is it okay if I just refer to you as your honor, or would you prefer I talk to you as Jim or Bob or Frank, whatever the man's name is? And you know you get that out of the way, and then the very next thing is. Uh, you know, Your Honor, uh, for the record, I just want to reiterate that when I speak to you man-to-man, uh, I'm going to talk to you and, and refer to you as Your Honor. And Your Honor, uh, for and on the record, I hereby verify under oath or, or by affirmation that all my notices in court are true. And I'm, I'm here right now ready to, to suffer cross-examination. So if, if anybody's got any questions, ask now or forever hold your peace. And that's it. If nobody comes forward to ask you or to question you, that's it. It's on the record. It's verified. It's you know, it, it's the truth on the record. You have to so trust the record. So that constitutes facts. If nobody, if you verified it and nobody cross-examined you or testified opposite to what you say, then that becomes a fact. That becomes uh, evidence. In that case, it becomes fact. Okay. Meaning, Not, uh, to use the legalese term, it becomes an exception of the hearsay rule. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> well, the the exception of the, the exception of the, the exception of the hearsay rule, meaning that uh, you know anything that is said is like so you say. How do you prove it? And but if if they accepted it and nobody spoke against it, then it got to be it got to be accepted as fact. I mean, in in the commercial process, the way the the way that people in the commercial process handle it is they uh, send some type of uh, a letter or a notice to the other party with uh, with an affidavit and say, hey, this is what I say. Any anything you disagree with, uh, you know, answer with answer me with an affidavit on a point-by-point basis, and if you don't answer me, then you're agreeing that uh, everything I say is true and correct, and then in several days, 10 days, whatever, uh, they don't answer you, say, hey, I gave you 10 days to answer me, uh, I haven't heard from you, and by your, by your silence, you're uh, agreeing to the facts that I put in my first letter. And so I'm giving you another 10 days, and if you don't answer, that will be your consent to to the facts put in my first letter. So, yeah. and, and if they don't answer, in, and most pe- most people don't answer in 10 days, or they don't give an affidavit, or they don't address all the points that you address in your affidavit, then you're like, okay, now this is fact, and you bring it to court, and uh, you know, yes, you but, but that's all statutory. You know, it, it doesn't matter how much paper you put back and forth. If you, that affidavit is only good if you present it to the court while the other party is there so that you can verify it under oath. If you cannot verify that affidavit under oath, then the affidavit is still no good. Well, I don't know if it's statutory because no lawyer that I, I have ever showed that to 
knew what the hell I was talking about. I think it's more some type of uh, I'm the way I'm viewing it is more like contract law, meaning hey, I send you a letter and say is that our agreement? And if I don't hear from you, this is going to be your consent that this is our agreement. And then hey brother, I didn't hear from you uh, in ten days. Uh, uh, you know that if I don't hear from you, then I will consider this to be our agreement. And well, you, uh, you must uh, you must believe that my life is you know is pretty boring, and that I never go to Acapulco, you know, because when I came back, there was a second letter from you that said I had I had agreed to some bullshit. That that's you know, kiss my ass. I, I didn't agree to shit. Yeah, it's just uh, you can't you can't be talking like that. You can't say just because you didn't respond to me, you agree. That, that, yeah, you know, I, I think you know. what he's saying when we get all these letters from these companies and we never answer back, and what you're saying back to him is no matter what, somebody's still going to have to come forward and verify it. So uh, that's it. Yeah. So unless you send it, to, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Technically, this is how people get uh, kicked. Uh, out of their houses in that's the north. That's because they, they don't know. They're they, they're not they're not studying. The, or or when they get kicked out, is when they barely start studying. Uh, so they're yeah. That's what that's what's going on. That's all. Check well, the way hold on, the way. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's how a person gets kicked out of a, of a house. A yes. man will never be removed removed from his home. If he's if he understands his standing in common law, a person has no standing in common law. A person is subject to those affidavits and all those rules and codes and ordinances and other bullshit that are created for the good administration of government, which is to secure and protect the rights and property of man. The man will be in his property, enjoying his property, and he will be secure because. He's not going to let that crap happen to him. Because we're awake, we're not we're not as ignorant as we used to be. Well, because the man is going to say nobody came to court, nobody verified to, to verify the debt, nobody came to court to verify the account, nobody came to court to verify that the uh, party moving the case has actually, you know, actually has any. Um, uh, right to collect on the debt. You know, there's all these things that were never verified. Uh, why? You know, you're gonna have you're gonna have plenty of notices as proof going out too, right? As copies and notices, along with all that. Well, you you, you send out notices. You send out letters to the other side. You know, I require the debt to be verified. I require uh, an accounting of the account. Yeah, I require this. I require that. You let the other side know everything you're looking for, and you do it every ten days. And if they don't answer you, you you send the letters up up the chain of command to the next higher ups, and the next higher ups, and the next higher ups, and you just keep laying down a paper trail. And when you finally get to court, you say, "Look, I've been trying to get this thing verified, uh, you know, for for three months. I've been trying to get the accounting of the account. I've been trying to get." Uh, proof that the, uh, the 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 party moving this claim, this case, has a legitimate claim. Yeah, I'm not getting anywhere. You know, who's going to come and verify this stuff? I've been asking for verification. Why are you dragging dragging me into court when I've been trying to settle this privately for three or four months? 
you know, this is bullshit. It's some kind of an ambush, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put up with it. I'm a man. I don't have to put up with this crap. Well, what was what the gentleman was was talking about? Was it not uh, honor and commerce and, and dishonor and commerce? And yeah, in my is, case, what I was talking was honor and dishonor in commerce. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what what I'm trying to do in is is bypass all the statutory foreclosure that has taken place and get right to the to the owner of the debt and bring him into honor, bring him into a contract with me uh, to to satisfy the debt. So. Um, by him not answering, not answering, not answering, that's dishonor in commerce. And is that not the the, the satisfaction of the debt? Well, and all and all he did was not answer. Well, what about you in commerce as the mortgagee to pay it? Well, there isn't a mortgage anymore because it's been converted into into uh, judgment. So there's there's there is a dollar amount now on the table. And so that is that I am trying to enter into uh, bringing the, uh, the two parties together, myself and the bank, the creditor, to uh, well, agree to. There's a dollar amount that has yet to be verified. Well, that that is true. But if I say I accept it, let's let's yeah. let's move forward. You want money? I'll give you money. So now we're moving on to dishonor or honor in commerce, which is a different okay. debt foreclosure suit, right? Well, it seems to me that here would work what Gus was saying, that if there is a judgment, uh, you offer to pay them whatever you can for the judgment. In this case, it doesn't matter anything, everything, in, uh, the rest of the stuff, who holds the note, all of that doesn't matter. There is a judgment, and you're trying to satisfy this judgment. Now, I don't know how paying them 100 or $200 a month will keep you in the house, if there is a judgment, I, I don't know how you work that out, but if it's money they want, you can you can offer them to pay them whatever you can afford. Well, the 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 way to stay in the house is the fact that the bank uh, supposedly owns the the uh, home at this point. So they well, would be the ones enforcing the eviction, and they well, would be the ones. Well, in that in that case, the court has affirmed that this debt is owed to the bank. So I guess uh, now you can go and try to stay in honor by uh, by offering them uh, a monthly amount that you can afford. Right. So then, so. W- how and what is the procedure of what can we, what can we imagine to be procedures to enforce that if they're if they're in dishonor and they're trying to take uh in, in enforce the judgment which is to take property instead of cash and they're a government trying to take property instead of accepting cash then what is the formality within the court systems to enforce the the uh the, the dishonor towards my presentment Is that a claim, a, a, a trespass? Uh, it's just a failure to verify it. You know, <laughs> if if you're making an offer to pay, okay, you have to establish the record clearly. You are a man, and you wish to remain in honor. You wish to 
make payments which are uh, reasonable and to remain in your home. And they, as a as an entity which is an extension of the government, which is which exists only to secure and protect the rights and property of man, uh, they will cause harm, injury, or loss to a man if they do not accept. That's the bottom line. So that's what you're working with. And if if they do not, they are causing, you know, if they cause harm to a man, then you have the right to seek compensation. If you say, do this or I'm going to sue you, that's extortion. If you say, you know, Bob, if you continue to do this, you will cause me further harm and I will be forced to seek compensation, uh, that sounds like the same thing, but it's not. That's mm-hmm. not extortion. But what are the exact steps that this man has to take now that there is a judgment in regards to his property? What are the, is he going to put something in court to convert it to common court and do all those things, or, or, or what? I, I have no idea what his case is. I haven't had a chance. You know, I, I, I get paperwork from a lot of you guys, and I just <clears throat> I try real hard to, to look at it. And you know, what I'm finding is I spend so much time helping you guys out that I'm not learning new stuff. I'm not. You know, I, I need to refresh my my yeah. knowledge. So I'm going to be taking a break for about a month. And you know, the Skype groups are set up. You guys have all, you know, I've put you guys in touch with each other so you can all talk. And you guys are going to have to iron stuff out in those groups. And, you know, when possible, uh, there's a lot of good people in there and a lot of people who know stuff. And, you know, every now and then I'll see a question. I'll check to see what's going on. And uh, and I'll I'll throw some, some stuff in there that I can, you know, that I can put in. I'll write something out. Or if I've got a minute, I'll help somebody with a letter. But um, you guys really, really need to help you yourselves out. And, yeah. uh, this was a very general yeah. question. I haven't, I haven't read this man's paperwork either. I'm just hearing that he has a judgment. It, it seems to me that there is a standard counter step that has to be done if there is a judgment already. He has to put some type of notices for error or whatever and convert the court into, I imagine he has to convert the court into common law and offer... Make a claim to, Make a claim for the property because uh, nobody else is going to come forward. Even, 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 even if he works out a payment for the judgment, nobody's still going to come forward and make a claim for the property, no other man or woman. There, there's several ways you can go. You can you can put a notice into the court that as a man you require common law. You require everything to be verified. Nothing was verified, and so you re, you require that the judgment be set aside until somebody comes forward to verify the debt, the uh, the owner of the debt, and um, you know whatever the elements are for the for the case. I'm getting a little tired. So I'm getting fuzzy, but uh, you know, you you can go that route. Or what Richard's doing is, hey, I accept that there's a debt. I'm willing to pay the debt, and this is what I can do. And uh, let's make a deal. Which I don't see, I don't see any problem with that at all. You can, we, I could do both. As a matter of fact, I, earlier in the call, you, you you had taken a similar question. You said, well, you can you can challenge. Uh, the validity of the debt and and still pay. Of course, 
Yeah. So I, I could do both. I could ask for I, I could I could put a notice in and say, you know, bone up on this nonsense. You're causing me harm. At the same time, pursue uh, the bank and say, look, uh, uh, money. That's all you want. Fine. I'll give you money. You know, here's what I can afford. So I suppose I could do both. But yeah, my main question was, uh, and I think that you've answered it is. Is the mechanism? Is it's a notice? It's a notice, and it's it's references the case number, and it. But it's from me now. It's not from the attorney. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah, you know, you can um, you you can set up an escrow account, you know, pending uh, the final outcome, and you can start putting in, you know, three hundred and twelve dollars a week, and say, look, you know, it's not. I'm not trying to live here for free. You know, I'm putting the money into the account. As soon as you verify the debt, it's all yours. Or as, or as soon as we make a deal, it's all yours. You know, you, but having having an escrow account, which is held by a bank or held by uh, an attorney or somebody else that you know, I don't know who does ex- escrows, but you know, if you put the money in holding for that purpose and you show that you know you're making these payments every week, every month, whatever. Uh, I, I would definitely start weekly uh, to show good faith. You know, how can they deny you? You're making payments in good faith, and you're wishing to establish a permanent, um, you know, a permanent fix to this common problem that you have. Yeah, it all makes sense. I appreciate it, Jeff. I do. Cool. We've been on this issue for quite a while. I don't know if there's somebody else who wants to talk about a different issue, but if you're on here and you're just waiting patiently, uh, don't. <laughs> just jump in. Okay, hello? Hello? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, okay, no. Oh, my question is, uh, when, when you're writing letters, um, how do you uh, write a letter so you can create a record? Do you send them certified? Do you have a notary or? I don't. Uh, is this Thomas? Yes. Uh huh. Hey Thomas. Uh, hey, I don't. I just send a regular letter, and okay. uh, the, the first letter is going to be, "Hey Bob, uh, are, are you the man that has authority to deal with this issue regarding account number or whatever?" Uh huh. And and if you're not that man, please uh, please forward this letter to whoever is the man or woman that has authority to, to deal with this. Thank you very much. And that's it. You know, so you, you want to establish that you're dealing with the right man or woman. Now, if you don't get an answer back, you write a second letter. You know, Bob, um, as far as I know, I have the address correct. I hope you didn't die. I hope you had a nice holiday. Bob, are you there? Well, yeah, are you there, Bob? Can you hear me now? <laughs> you know, and that's it. Your letters are not, they, they don't really need to be, Yeah. Uh, you know, certified, registered, you know, when you get to the point where you've, you've established a long string of, of, uh, of letters, uh, you know, at some point you may wish to uh, certify something, but, you know, you, you can, I write to Bob and Bob doesn't answer me. Ten days later, I write to Frank and to Bob. Bob, this, you know, I'm writing to you again uh, regarding the letter I sent you a week and a half ago, which you haven't answered. I've, I've attached a copy for, you, for your convenience. Uh, I, you know, I hope you can answer me uh, as quickly as possible because I wish to resolve this matter. And, uh, you know, courtesy copy 
to Frank. Hey, Frank, I wrote a letter to Bob a week and a half ago. He didn't answer me. I hope he still works there. Uh, right. But I want to resolve this quickly. Uh, you know, please let me know if, if Bob's still available. Is he still the man that has authority to to help me resolve this issue? And if you don't get an answer in 10 days, you write to Bob and to Frank and to Marianne. Marianne, right. do these two clowns work for you? <laughs> And right. eventually, by the time you get to the fourth or fifth person yeah. in that line, you've got a huge chain of letters written, and now you're writing to somebody with a, a shitload of authority, and you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Susie, are, you know, I, I think you are failing miserably in your efforts to train and discipline your employees. You know, I am being damaged. I have loss. I have injury. Uh, I require your immediate attention to this matter. Right. I hope you're not on vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gus, what do you think about uh, just sending all all those letters that you're sending with a proof of mailing? It's it's uh, it costs like a dollar fifteen. This is a way you can show that you sent plenty letters or whatever. Sure. So there's this, all sorts of ways. You know, whatever works for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I put, personally I I don't bother. I, I write yeah. a letter. I write another letter. I write another letter. Write another yeah. letter, and by the you know by the time a month and a half, two months has gone by, uh, you're writing to everybody in the company. Well, you can you can you can write a letter and uh, put the date in in ink and always keep the original and send them a copy. You know, of course, as long as, long as you have the originals, you you have uh, a record. Yeah, I, what I do is I, I write them by hand. I put them on mm-hmm. my photocopier. I print a copy out. Exactly. And I take a I take a red sharpie and I write yeah. down on the on the uh, letter. Uh, copy. Uh, yeah, copy in red, mm-hmm. in a red sharpie, and then then I I uh, I take a copy of both. I create a PDF with the original and the copy as one document, and then I send the copy to them. It's a, it's a lot of work to do that. Uh, it, it it depends who you're dealing with. Like uh, with the IRS, when I write to the IRS, I write the letter. I write it out by hand. It's very short. I go downtown where I live because that's where the tax office is. Uh-huh. I go up. I think it's a ninth floor over here, ninth or eleventh floor. And you know, I go up there and I walk in and say, uh, I need this letter sent out. And I give them a, a, a the original. They they uh, copy it. I keep the original. And I write copy on the copy with the timestamp on it, on both the original and they, they timestamp the original, which I keep. And then uh, they make a copy, and I write copy on it, and that's the one that gets sent out. So I have copies of all the letters that I wrote to the IRS, uh, to the man, woman, whoever you know, right. uh, is over there. And uh, and they're all timestamped, right? You know, and it says internal revenue with the timestamp right on it. I think, oh, I think there's an IRS building in in uh, most every major city. There there might be. I, you know, yeah. I, I don't know for a fact, but I know that there's one know, here in here in San Antonio that you can go into. Yeah. Yeah, it, it depends who you're writing to. If you're writing to uh, Motorola or Verizon or you know, the circumstances are going to be different. You know, with who with whoever you're writing to. Yeah. Gus, can you repeat who who is uh, time stamping it for you? Oh, well, at the IRS, they have an office here in town, so I just go in there 
into the IRS office and they timestamp the letters and send them out. I don't I don't mail them. I give them oh. to them with the address on it, and I believe they just fax them over. I don't think they even mail them. I see. So you give them the original, they copy it and do whatever with it, and they return to you the original, so you're holding on to the original with the timestamp, and they send the copy. That's right. Okay. That's very good. No, I wouldn't go through all that if they were 30 or 40 miles away. I, I might, you know, I, I might do certified mail. I might do something different. I don't know. I, yeah. I might have, yeah. uh, you know, I might have a friend, uh, you know, do the mailings for me, and you know, write a write a, uh, a a declaration. You know, on this day, I Frank Jones did send right. for Gus Breton this letter, which looks like this. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. This is my first time on the call. Are you guys almost wrapping it up? Um, I don't know what time we started. We go for five hours. Uh, I believe we'll be going for probably another half hour. Okay. But we're on every Wednesday night, and excellent. You know, yeah, we get together with Carl on Saturdays. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike's on here. Mike, I think Mike's still on with us. Mike. Uh, Mike has a call on Monday nights, so you can get on that call. Excellent. And I believe Sonia has a call on Friday nights. <laughs> hey, that's my date night. <laughs> I think Mike says it best about the letter writing that you kind of just overwhelm them with questions. And then when you get to court, you can always state there's so many unanswered questions. How could we proceed? Yeah. Hey, Mike. Uh, Mike's still on here. Mike, uh, what's your talk show number? What time you do your talk shows? Still at uh, Monday at seven o'clock. Oh, maybe he stepped away. Maybe. Let me look it up. I think his is one three three eight zero two. Yeah, Mike's is one three three eight zero two, and. It's called uh, Calm in Law, and he doesn't have the next one scheduled, but the last one was yesterday. He did one last night and started at 9.40. He did another one. Oh, that was a, oh, those are those aren't recordings. Okay. The last good call that he did was on uh, Monday night. Yep. And he went for four hours and 40 minutes. Wow, that's good. Yeah, so we we've got the Skype thing going on, Thomas. You have a you sent me a, a contact request and then you withdrew it, and I sent you a contact request. Oh, uh, okay. You, you're gonna have to accept that if you want to. Oh yeah, I, I'll accept it. I, uh, yeah, I thought I had reached the the wrong person, but uh, well, okay. I don't accept I don't accept contacts unless I know who's writing and why yeah, they're fine. writing. Because sometimes weirdos get a hold of me. Hey brother, I, I hear you, man. <laughs> All right, we'll do. And um, I'd like to be in one of your, one of your rooms. I and I yes. room if you have one. Well, there's uh, there's no IRS okay. room. That's fine. But there's, there's uh, I'll put you in Mike's common law room, and I'll put you in my word nerds room. And uh, Mike's is 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 for general conversation. Yeah. Mike's also got a 
he's also got a room uh, for letter writing. For those of you guys, that, you know, yeah. uh, letter writing and, and claim writing, exactly. which is what That's we good. do at Word yeah. Nerds. Uh, Gus? Yeah. Yeah, I have a situation that I've been dealing with for uh, several years now, and it is kind of quite different than uh, the the circumstances that we discuss in this calls because normally if it's uh, child if it's uh, regarding to family matters uh, uh, we're trying to help people get their kids back or uh, pay whatever they can afford for child support etc or um, not losing their property uh, my case is kind of the opposite i was helping my sister with a divorce case her divorce in florida she was in europe at the time she moved away and her husband decided to divorce her um and uh, she wasn't able she didn't have the money to come uh, uh to court uh, in in florida uh, to uh, to uh, you know to get a more favorable terms of the divorce and he he stopped paying her money altogether, so she was uh, hard pressured to sign a marital settlement agreement, which was uh, really unfair to her. And uh, she tried to make an appearance in court via telephonic appearance, and uh, they allowed it one time and uh, didn't allow it when uh, the actual hearing was happening. And uh, uh, there was some fraud committed in regards to the marital settlement agreement, apart from the fact that, you know, she had no choice to uh, to feed her children uh, unless uh, she signed it. Um, what would be, in your mind, an approach to, uh, to void judgments and uh, uh, cancel this uh, really unfavorable um, marital settlement agreement? Well, the, the, the marital uh, agreements, the, the divorce stuff, uh, I'm having a real hard time understanding what's really going on. It seems like there's some kind of contract stuff going on, especially when there's uh, when there's kids. Yeah, they, they 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 claim contracts. I'm not sure. You know, the, well, I'm, the marriage... sure, I'm sure that they claim that the marital settlement agreement is a contract. The, the problem is a contract is normally not signed under duress with economic pressure on you to sign it or a gun to your head. So the way I'm viewing it, it's invalid contract, but she had no way to fight it till she came to the United States. Now she is in the United States and uh, uh, there is going to be uh, a hearing because even the contract, even the contract that uh, she uh, that uh, the marital settlement agreement that was supposed to be enforced, he never followed it, meaning he paid whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted, and he was missing payments and whatever. And so there is going to be a hearing, an administrative court hearing, on the 24th of um, February. Uh, okay. And this administrative hearing uh, is uh, uh, child support enforcement is... Uh, is the moving party and uh, I'm looking at the paperwork and it seems that my sister is no nowhere anywhere in the paperwork and the moving party 
is child support enforcement, and they are sort of like doing it on her behalf, but they never say it in the paperwork that they are doing it on her behalf. It, it appears that they are that they are moving against the marriage, the marriage that has been dissolved uh, uh, supposedly. Sure. And, and I was thinking if there is a way to to turn such an administrative hearing in a uh, an administrative hearing for enforcement. So this is this is to enforce the judgment that I I mean I don't recognize this judgment to begin with. I don't recognize the in personam jurisdiction because of improper service and uh, uh, violation of due process. I mean she was never allowed to uh, to do anything uh, even. Uh, uh, that's, that's fine. What, how do you deal with a debt? How do you deal with what? Somebody's making noise there. Okay, uh, did you say the debt, like the money owed, or or uh, or with the yes. father? No, no, yes, the the, the money owed. Child support. Well, what, what is happening? What is happening with the money owed right now is now the child support enforcement is involved. The father, who is a person of means, he he's a doctor and he makes good money. He just doesn't want to pay. Uh, he started he started paying a sum of money that is higher than than what the the order the marital dissolution order states. So he's showing in a way to the court some good faith that he's he's trying to uh, to catch up. Um, to catch up with the money that he owes. Uh, however, uh, what what I was what I was wondering if if although this is an enforcement court, if there is a way that uh, uh, my my sister can come in as a woman and put her own separate claim from from the claim the child support enforcement is doing for her because. She asked child support enforcement to do one thing, and they are doing another thing. And this other thing is better than nothing, what child support enforcement is doing, but is not uh, even close to what uh, uh, my sister believes uh, to be uh, to be the proper uh, contract between the parties. They're they're divorced already. They are divorced already. Hey Gus, um, when when somebody wants out of a uh marriage contract and an agreement, isn't there, aren't they the ones of, uh, who are in trespass for breach of contract? Yes. Yeah, well, so... Is that not the same to, with the marriage license or, or agreement? If somebody, if somebody wants to do that, they better know what they're talking about. You know, you, you better really be into this stuff if you're going to go that route. Uh, when it comes to divorce, you know, they've got this stuff all buttoned down. And you know they're they're gonna they're gonna extract their pound of flesh. Uh, it's it's a very tough thing to be in. It really is. Well, I think it's like, is, uh, well, this is the thing. They will take their uh, their flesh, but the thing is, they've done the opposite. They could have taken a lot of flesh from somebody that has the means. However, since the wife wasn't in in the United States and she couldn't represent her herself in any way, form, or fashion, neither statutory or common law or any of that, they, yeah. uh, they, they let the, the father to get away with murder. I mean, 
there is, let's say, in, in yeah, Florida. But, but it's not it's not retroactive. So, you know, it's going to be whatever it's going to be. There's going to be an administrative hearing. Both of them are going to show up. Both of them are going to submit a financial affidavit. You know, the, the rules are very, very clear when it comes to child support. Every state has a very clear set of rules. Nobody's going to get away with anything. Yeah, so yeah. What, I'm saying is, what I'm saying is they're going to enforce the order that, that they, they, have, they currently have. My question is, is there any scenario, uh, is there any scenario that, that, she, uh, that she can nullify the, the marital settlement agreement uh, because it was, uh, you know, filed, uh, uh, it was signed under pressure and uh, there was fraud involved? Yeah, but what, what does she want? Hold, hold on, before you keep going, what does she want? Does she want to, you know, they, they settled that she was going to get the living room furniture and he got the bedroom furniture and now she disagrees? I mean, what is it that she wants to change? Well, what she wants to change is that he's giving her a bare minimum of alimony and a child support that is less than the requirements of the state. She wants to get more alimony and uh, uh, at least the bare requirements of the state. Okay, well, they're not going to change the alimony, and the uh, you know the alimony is a one-time deal. Once you agree to it, that's it. The, and it, the doesn't, it was, doesn't matter if you have a gun to your head when you agree to it. Can she prove that she had a gun to her head? Can you prove anything? Well, you can. You know, does she have witnesses? Hey, Gus, isn't this kind of like Carl's sister's situation where she can file a common law and basically yeah, say... She hand, Carl's sister handled it when she got to court for the divorce. This yeah, is already she didn't show deal. up. She never showed up for court. So what I'm saying is if she filed the claim now that she's in the United States and showed up to court, she could knock the attorneys out and just talk to him, and he wouldn't be prepared for that. Well, the 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 uh, it, what were the circumstances that she signed under? What what country was she in? She was in she was in Europe. She was in Bulgaria, and uh, he was giving her some money on a monthly basis. And then he stopped giving her money and said, "Hey, unless you sign it, I'm not giving you any money." And my lawyer told me that I didn't have to give you money unless you sign. And and she she had no way she was going to be on the street, so she. She, she signed, and then as soon as the court started moving forward, we started filing some things uh, in the courts uh, uh, stipulating that there was fraud involved and uh, uh, undue pressure. And uh, the courts in Manatee County com completely dis I mean, they filed everything that she wrote to the court. They filed into the case. However, they completely ignored it. They acted like it wasn't there. And I, hold on, oh, I understand. Does she have anything in writing that says if you don't sign this, I'm going to do this? No, it was verbal. Okay, so she's got no evidence, and well, there's nothing... we have we, we have letters to him to that effect that he said that, but he never he never responded to those letters one way or another. He he didn't say I said it. He didn't say I didn't say it. 
Okay, so there's no ev- there's no evidence at all that any of this happened. Uh, you know, at this time, uh, you know she, she's you know she she can uh, she can make a claim that there were you you can make a claim for undue pressure. You can make a claim for uh, you know for for being stressed out, and uh, you know she can say. You know all sorts of things. You know, I, I had the flu. I, you know, I had uh, I had a toe infection, and it was affecting my ability to think. You know, she, she claim whatever she wants. Did she have her kids? Was her kids with her in Europe? What's that? Was she by herself in Europe, or did she have her kids with her too? She had her kids with her. Oh, okay. yeah, and she she can say that she did it for the kids. And and now that she's not there, she wants to renegotiate. You know, she she can say all sorts of things, but uh, you know, you just got to take it up with the court and see what the court does with it. Yeah. Well, I was I was kind of uh, following the idea of this gentleman that she uh, files a claim in common court and uh, uh, you know stipulates to the facts as she sees them, and I don't think he will know to. To 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 put a, a I don't think he will know that he will he has to stand and uh, and um, give a, a statement opposing her statement. I don't think he will know to do that. Okay, well you know, she should write a declaration, give notice to the court, and uh, let the court know what she requires to uh, to change and go from there. But this but this will be. After the administrative hearing, it, it is what you are saying. The declaration you are talking about, she should put back into the into the family court. Yeah, yeah, into the family court. Yeah, okay. Because the 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 hearing right now, the hearing. This is administrative hearing, and it's uh, sort of under child support enforcement, so it's under the state, not under the local family law. So once she's done with the enforcement, then she can put a claim in in, in the family law courts uh, uh, for a declaration uh, for duress and uh, anything else that she... Because I, I don't think he will know uh, that this is his court as well. It's not just her court. And I, he, he will not... And his lawyers would not know either, so... Well, I don't think I don't think his attorneys are that stupid, but you know who knows. Yeah, all she's gonna do is she's gonna put into the court that you know she uh, she was under duress. She you know she was forced to sign so the kids wouldn't starve to death, and now that she's in a better position, uh, she wishes to renegotiate, and that's it. That's all she can hope for. The, the child support has a fixed formula in every state. They're gonna apply that. I'm sure. Well, well, yeah. they didn't apply it. They didn't apply it initially. Initially, they oh. went. They went by what was in the in the in the in the marital settlement agreement, which was way lower than what the formula of the state required. Okay. Well, if she wants to change that, she needs to rescind her uh, her her signature on that agreement. Okay. So, it's a contract, and until she rescinds her signature, it's going to remain a contract. If she is rescinding her signature, she should probably state the reasons for the rescinding of the signature. No. 
Really? Why? Who cares? Okay. I I don't I don't like you know I don't like what I've got and I don't want it no more. I mean, why okay. why else did you resend? Okay, okay. Hey, I got a question. Hey, you guys have a hearing coming up. Is she going in as a defendant in a uh, statutory? Meaning, that is, she defending? That is a very good question. We have no idea because she she doesn't. On the paper, it seems that it is child support enforcement against the marriage, but they are requiring the husband to pay uh, to pay uh, past due amounts. It sounds like child support getting involved. She agreed to something that she doesn't want anymore. Rescind the damn contract. Let the court know. Give notice to everybody. I don't want this contract. I got into it under duress, and I rescind from it, and I wish to begin, you know, brand new. Uh, The administrative hearing is for whatever is on the docket, so get through that and and keep doing what she's got to do. Okay. Find the court of record. Claim the court of record well, and have her not, speak to him directly, no attorney. You're not going to claim the court of record in a divorce court. <laughs> you can or you cannot? It's family, you can man and woman. It's a contract court. In other words, you cannot uh, claim common law. Is that what you're saying? The the, the law of the case is the contract between the man, the woman, and the state. It's a contract case. Right. You're not going to convert that case to common law. It's already in contract. It's already in common law under the contracts. Contract law is common law. It's, it's, It's... you, you can't, there, there's no higher form of law than an agreement between a man and another man. Or or, or a man and another man and another man. So that knocks out the attorney. It's a contract. So you you got to rescind from the contract and and move on and go somewhere else. Change, you know, change the venue. Uh, you, nothing's going to change in that court with those agreements in place. You know, the, the judge is the judge has to go according to the contract, which is made between the man, the woman, and, his, and the state through the courts and, and the court's approval. So, you know, you're stuck in contracts. So how is she going to change the venue? Rescind from the contract. Okay. It's in the same court. She just rescinds from the contract and wants this renegotiated. She needs to get a copy of the contract and put it in as Exhibit A, uh, and rescind it, and, and you know, remove herself, and tell the court that uh, she wishes to to begin anew, or you know, whatever. I don't know. It's not uh, it's not an area that I work in a lot, but you know, contracts a contract. If you made a deal with somebody, you got to stick to it. Okay. Okay. Well, no, I I didn't imagine that you had experience with that. I just wanted to. Um, I wanted to see what what's coming on top from from the top of your head based on the knowledge uh, that you have uh, uh, learned from Carl. So thank you. Oh no problem. 
Hey, man, am I on oh, Yep. Hello there. Is hey. this Hello. Is this too late to bring up another situation? Uh, depends on whether you get hung up on or not. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't. I don't decide when the call ends. So the sooner you start talking, the sooner we'll be. Uh, All right, I'll it. start talking. I got a situation. My name's Gene, and I've been learning about Carl just recently. And I have an oil company that's uh, wanting a Social Security number. Want me to fill out a W-9 form, and uh, just writing them a letter. And I've already told them before I don't. Uh, I didn't consent, and uh, the W-9 doesn't apply to me. Just fill it out. What's a W-9? It's an employee form. Well, it's like an employee form, yes. It's um, a form that uh, they, when you're receiving a payment, they, they believe the IRS requires the payee, I mean the payer, to send the payee a form to fill out asking for a Social Security number so they can turn in the amount that they paid to the payee. Is this for mineral rights? Yes, it's for mineral rights. And another one is for a settlement. But they went ahead and withheld 28% of the check anyway. Okay, so, so start over. And I'll I'll try to follow better because I didn't really follow that too well. Okay, um, I have an oil company that sent in a royalty check. I inherited this from my mother, and uh, now they're wanting a Social Security number to send to the IRS so they could report how much money they have sent or paid me, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And now I told them I do not consent. The W-4 or W-9 does not apply to me. I want my full pay. But they withheld it anyway. So I was just going to write him a letter because I found out who the person was that signed the check. I sent sent a letter already, certified mail, but I got the notice in here that I didn't put I, a man, I didn't put the A in brackets. Uh, yeah, they, when you're writing a letter, that's not important. Okay. Not yeah. at all. That, that, stuff, that stuff's important when you get to court. That's what I was going to wonder, just in the court. Okay. <clears throat> but I, I just wrote them and told them that I uh, want full pay. I didn't consent. You stole my money. Okay. But the rest what of did they, What did they write back? No, I gave them 21 days, and the 21 days isn't over yet. You're pretty generous. That's a long time. Is that no? Okay, I was thinking I probably should give them that much time, but but I haven't oh, cashed. I haven't cashed the check that they've given me already. Should I send it back then? The check because with the check, if I sign it, I agree to their contract that they withheld twenty eight percent. No. No what? You need to tell them to do their jobs and, uh, like, support the backup paperwork to that. If if you had a previous agreement 
uh, before when they weren't asking for a social security number and all of a sudden they're asking for this other paperwork. Um, I'm sorry. Gus, Gus, can you talk over me on that one? <laughs> Who is I'm, I'm, new. I'm, I'm totally new. Man. I've got some experience in that. Um, yeah, go ahead. Do you have um, the contract that was that your mother had, or who, or her, you know, how far it goes back with the oil company. Well, with this one, it's a really it's a settlement, is what it is. Uh, this well, I've got an oil company, and they tie together. One is for royalty, and one is for a settlement. Because uh, settlement for it was a it was a class action. Act that some gentleman years ago presented to this oil company that um, they didn't pay everybody the right amount of money, and they won right. the case. And it was a hundred and fifty million dollar uh, uh, case. Mm-hmm. And I had received a letter stating that um, I was a part of that. If I didn't want to be a part of it, I could uh, uh, opt out of it, or if I wanted to, just don't answer. And I never answered. Okay. So when the case came up, it's probably been three or four years along, but when the case won, they wrote and told me that the, so much money was my uh, was what is due me, and they wanted a W-9 for a Social Security number so they could send to the IRS how much they sent me. And if I didn't fill it out, they was going to withhold 28%. But they're not a withholding agent. And they're not my employer. But I wrote and told them, I do not consent. I want my full pay. This W-9 does not apply to me. Yeah, I I would uh, definitely go to the CEO of the oil company. I did. I I wrote them a letter. Yeah. And I sent it to the CEO, and I found the guy that signed the check. He was He's uh, the head of the banking department and tax department. Of that right. and firm. Another thing, I don't think they can collect any any uh, 28%, especially on that settlement. Well, that's what they said the requirement, uh, 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 the IRS requirement was. But huh. I, I, but I haven't. I gave them 21 days, and they haven't responded back. But I sent yeah. a certified mail too, and then somebody said I should have sent it registered, so to make sure that they get it. Right. Yeah, we went through the same thing about five years ago, where they. They uh, they were doing the same thing. They were taking too much because we had our contract at the wellhead and not at the and not having to pay for all the infrastructure, getting it to the compressor. Ours is gas. Yes. And uh, and um, there was a you know it wasn't I, I can't remember the number. It was in the millions. And uh, they had to give everybody a, a check, right? They had to cut everybody a check. Yeah, that's they're part of that settlement, and not not just not just string it out monthly. If, if that's, that's what it sounds like they're doing to you. You should get all that money. Yep, they, right they are. They're sending, well, it was okay. a, a little, it's not a big amount because I have very very little in it, uh-huh. but they didn't give me that amount because I didn't send them that W-9 and, and, and give them my Social Security number. Yeah, I would, def- so, I would definitely go to the CEO because he he's the one who makes that decision. Yeah, well, you can do you can do the Carl thing all the way through that and uh, and probably come out on top because they really can't uh, 
Yeah, Carl's got a call about that. Maybe he got a call about where he uh, was, you know, they took money from his check and he went to the CEO or whoever was running the game. Yeah, you should look at that. Especially, especially he's not even employed by him. It's a, you know, it's a royalty. But, and, but uh, another question I've got, I've still got the check they sent me. I haven't cashed it. Should I send it back to him? I would hang. I would just hang on to it. I mean, you haven't cashed it, so it won't be going through their. You know, it won't be going through their bank. No, but what uh, they're doing when I wrote them, I told them they should send me the eight hundred dollars that they still owe me. Yeah. So no, I wouldn't cash it then. Would, oh no, I'm not going to cash it. But I was just wondering if I should send it back, and say no, I do not accept what your contract was because what they sent me was the check and a letter saying this is your your amount we withheld this much because you did not fulfill the W9 and so and if if you I mean and you have so many days to cash the check so I'm figuring if I cash the check I agree with them keeping that $800 yeah, it's probably 90 days, so... Yeah, it's 90 know. days, and I've still got about 40, probably, or more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would I would uh, listen to that call that that guy just spoke about at Carl's. Where would it's, I find that at? Hmm. I'm not really sure. I know I, I've, I heard that call, actually. I'm not sure if I heard it live or not, but um, I heard it, you know, within the last couple, three months, anyway. Um that car was about uh, when he worked in Arizona, and uh, the, the payroll was in Nevada. And uh, he wrote exempt on his, uh, on his tax filing, and they took taxes out. But um, as far as the payment that you received, just send him a letter saying that you'll accept that as a partial payment um, on, on your property, and you, you require the balance of your property. Well, okay, I... Go. I didn't say it in that word, but I basically said that. Yeah, I yeah, really see, If you if you refuse their offer, you're now you're you're not an honor. So you want to accept their offer, but under the condition you tell them I accept this as a a, a partial payment uh, on my property, and I I want the balance. Okay. Well. Or... Yeah, that's really strange because. Uh, we've been dealing with that for about the last 12 years. Um, and uh, Well, should I rewrite the letter then and send it again, huh, before the 21 days is up? Yeah, I'd send them. I'd send them, send them until, you get in, until you get some kind of a reaction one way or another from them. Yeah. I'm, you're right. They can't, they can't hold that. And, you know, that's what Carl did. And, uh, and that was, that was a, a paycheck. Uh, this is different, and you know they have. It's none of their freaking business. Well, that's what that's, I. That's your money. Yeah. So, so. I, I, I'm, I won't cash it until I find out what they say. Or I oh. well anyway, until I get it back. But uh, but it, is there a difference really sending it registered or certified? I know registered costs a heck of a lot more. And it should go directly to that person, but the certified letters or return addresses that I got was signed by somebody else. So can they say they never got them? Got the letter? I'm I'm not really too up up on that stuff. I'm okay. sure Gus can probably answer that better than I. 
but yeah, I would I would just keep sending the letters. I mean, like I, I agree with Gus every ten days and make them know. What it, what it comes down to, Gene, is um, when when you send these letters out. Like uh, one time, I uh, I had written a letter and I showed it to Carl. This is way back in April. I said, "This is a letter I want to send to the IRS." And uh, you know, what do you think? He says, "He says, why are you putting brackets around the zip code?" And I said, "Well, that's to take it off the paper." Yeah, and that's said, what I did. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he says, "Why? Why do you want to take it off the paper?" Well, because I don't want to be in their jurisdiction. He says, "What, what makes you think you're in their jurisdiction?" Why don't, he, he says, "If anybody questions you about those five numbers, uh, why don't you just tell them that uh, you were offering the winning numbers to the lottery?" He says, "Who's going to say otherwise?" Oh. And the lesson there is, if you send these letters, regular mail. That's it. You just send them regular mail. Okay. If they say, if they, if they, say they didn't receive them and you do a follow-up 10 days later and, and you, you courtesy copy the CFO and say, uh, hey, Bob, I sent you a letter two weeks ago. You didn't answer. Uh, here's a, a, you know, another copy. I hope to hear from you soon. And uh, Frank, uh just, just, just to give you a heads up, I sent a letter to Bob. I hope he's not on vacation. If he is, please let me know. Uh, you know, so and you start making noise all over the company. You, you send letters everywhere, every ten, you know, every ten days. Uh, they, they can say they didn't receive the first one, but they're not going to be able to say they didn't receive the first one, the second one, the third one, the fourth one. And, you know, because the more times you write, the more it went out to more and more people. Okay. Well, uh, I'm, I'm already at the top of the heads, so just find people lower? Or? Well, the, the, the uh, chief financial officer. Yeah, I got him already. Okay, the board of directors. Yeah, I got him. No, the, the, not the chairman of the board, the whole board of directors. Oh, I don't know who that is, but okay. Well, you can, you can find out. It's public information. You can find oh. out who the, who the board of directors is. Well, that's how I found are. these other two, yeah. 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 So it doesn't matter about how I wrote I a man then, okay, on on this with since it's not a court deal. No, it, it, okay. and all all that does is uh the only significance to that is the difference between man and a man is a man is a diminished capacity of man. Well, <laughs> I was just told today that it means no man, but anyway, I didn't I uh, no, found no, that. That's, that's not. If I say a banana, does that mean there's no banana? Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I thought too. But they said legalese, the a. Uh, okay. You're writing. You're writing man to man, and when you write the letter, you say, "Dear Bob, I, a man, believe that you are the man acting in the capacity of the chief financial officer of this corporation, and I am writing to you because I have a problem, an issue, that I wish to resolve." Okay. So you, you always write to them man to man. You know, Mary, I you know, I'm a, you know, dear Mary, greetings. I a man Gus write to you the woman that I believe is the acting chief financial officer for this corporation and uh the reason I'm writing blah blah blah. So you're always you're always addressing man to man always. Okay. Okay. I got that. All right. Okay, well, thank you all. 
I appreciate it. And I'm learning a lot right now, too. And I appreciate you all with what you've been discussing tonight. Well, it's great to hear your voice again, Gene. I haven't heard from you in two years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Been a long time. Yeah. I've been secluded and just hanging loose here. I've been having trouble with the IRS. i got to get with you to learn to get more stricter, not so passive with them. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So after, I'm learning. After a, while, after a while, you're going to come to the realization that it's always the same. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you all take care. You take too. care, Jim. Yep. Hey, Gus, this is Mike in Colorado. Uh, hey, Mike. Gotta, how you doing? Good, good. I haven't talked to you for a while. Um, yeah, it's been over there. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got a question going back to the uh, that guy who was getting his house uh, foreclosed or repossessed or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't know if, you, if, if um, I put this question out, I don't know, quite a while ago, uh, about that, that there's a guy that was on uh, Angela's call. I think his name was Dan Benham. And um, yeah. he was talking about um, going back into the the bank or you know whoever it is you borrowed the money from, and and going into their prospectus, and in in every single one of the prospectuses of any bank in the United States, uh, they say that they do not loan uh, customers' clients' money. They do not loan their money. Yeah. So yeah. basically, what he's saying is, you know, saying that uh, where's that money well, coming I, from? I I read Dan Benham's affidavits. I, I read his uh, stuff. It's kind of neat. Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> I, I was just kind of wondering if, if uh, that would be something that guy was talking about as foreclosure. If that would be another avenue to attack well, it with. Problem. I mean, I I know that that whole thing is is legalese and and on the other side, but. But that's where they have to play, right? They have to play in that. It's an entirely different strategy. And for anybody who's interested, uh, if you go to Angela Stock's website, uh, she's got a, a page there for Dan Benham. And you can find his affidavits. You can watch his videos. Uh, somebody's making some noise. Please mute out if you're not speaking. Uh, I just thought that was really interesting because I've heard that before, and uh, I don't know. I guess you know some of those prospectuses are huge. You know, if you want to try to invest in one of those companies, and you know, trying to find that verbiage in there, he said, can be uh, quite a daunting task. But uh, I just thought that was interesting. So I mean, it's like, <laughs> where does the money come from? What money did you lend me? Can yeah, you show me where? If you read Modern Money Mechanics and the uh, the Walker Todd affidavit and then the uh, huh? Dead River the Dead River decision, you know things like that. I used to read all that stuff, and the problem is, is it's it's too complicated. You know, yeah. is there a man that's going to verify the debt? You know, bring forward into the court uh, the man who can verify the accounting of the account, and bring forward the chain of custody of the documents and prove in the court that the stuff is the real stuff, that you're not, you know, 
that's it. I mean, you, you either verify the stuff or you don't verify the stuff. Right, and that, and that's something you just you just spoke about, you know, about a half hour ago. Yeah, I under, I understand that. I just thought that was an interesting look. It, on, it is. And I looked at it because I've got two foreclosures that I you know, that I'm helping people with, and I sent that I sent that information to one of them to see what she thought of it, and she thought it was really cool, uh, but I haven't heard from her in a month, so I'm not sure what she's doing if she's decided to follow up or take it a different route, but um, yeah, I found it. You know, I found 